Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lonely Boys podcast feed. We are taking this week off, but still wanted to grace your ears with some content. So here is our recap of episode two of The O.C. from our sister show, The Sandy Boys. You can find episode one on the same feed from a few months ago. If you like our OC coverage, you can find new episodes twice a month over at patreon.com slash thehoppyboyspod for three bucks a month. Please feel free to sign up and support your friends, the Lonely Boys. Bye-bye. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. Then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. And you can do that all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, and this is my personal testimony, of course, I feel like having options like video podcasts and Q&A and polls has let me be creative on another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hey, residents of Newport Beach, and welcome back to another episode of the Sandy Boys, to be determined still. Uh, that's what we'll go with for now until someone gives me a better idea, but uh, that that's what I'm going with. So no, no arguing unless you have a better option. Um, I, one of your titular Sandy Boys, my name is Matt, and I'm here. Breakdown. Season one, episode two. Of the classic hit teen drama, The O.C., entitled The Model Home. But I am not here by myself. I am here with my co-host. You know what I like about my co-host? Nothing. And you didn't see (laughs) this because there's no video, but I did just punch Brendan Ruppel in the face. (laughs) Brendan, how are you feeling? Ow. That would be my reaction if you hit me. One quick little ow. (laughs) I am, of course, your co-host, the Creepy Uncle of Podcasting, a.k.a. Uncle Cream. Hi, Dilly Ho to Cream Nation, recording live from the Crematorium, as always. And a, a new addition we added recently in the main feed, uh, Editor-in-Chief at Cream Weekly. Yes, I was hoping Hello. you said it, and you <laughs> did. It made it in. And we made it to week two of the OC, or episode two of the yeah, OC. Yeah, even more than your original Gossip Girl podcast made. <laughs> That's true. Our, the canceled before the pilot was even released Gossip Girl podcast that me and Kirsten had. Yeah, I would say double, but... There's nothing that doesn't work with that multiplication of zero. This is wow, you're good. Better than a lot of my math students. You've really <laughs> picked up this concept very well. Yeah. I was just really just trying to flex on all your stupid students. Because I don't Come know if they're all now. listeners. They're, they're great people. Yeah. Uh, imagine they were... God, that what a what a terrible thing that would be. If I came <laughs> it would into be really bad. And, I, and everyone had listened to my Gossip Girl <laughs> slash OC podcast. I mean, if it wasn't ironic, like the listener wow. they were doing, then it would be fun. I could get some patron dollars out of them. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> That's, you know, I'll show up. I'll give them the squeeze. Figure, figurative lesson, and literal. Throw your textbooks out because we're subscribing to the Lonely Boy. <laughs> uh, that's a great, a great idea. Yeah, I don't need I don't need people knowing about my opinions of uh, Josh Schwartz teen dramas. No, just be, people over uh, the age of eighteen can find out. Well, unless you unless you enjoy this and you're under eighteen, but you don't go to whatever school Matt teaches at. Right, and we will not dox my school. No, that, that's the one thing I won't. Like, I'm fine with <laughs> that's doxing. That's the one thing I won't. I won't do that to you. I, I I've given up my phone number, my address on other podcasts, but <laughs> but I won't do that to you. 
Oh, all right. So we're two episodes down. You still loving the OC? This is really good. This is great. I, I, <laughs> I wish I could binge this, but I, I made myself do the stupid podcast instead. But you can't. I can't. You have to I, wait. I, you have to watch one episode every like three weeks. Or it's <laughs> not great. Um, but we're not, I don't want to like go off too much about the show on episode two, but um, I did not like the show. I did not like Gossip Girl as much this early into the series. Okay. I'll, I'll say that. And it hasn't gotten any better. You still hate Gossip Girl, and I'm just forcing you. No, I, I really, I really like Gossip Girl, but this show okay, is just right. show. It's so normal. <laughs> Gossip yeah, Girl is I, such a different flavor. It is. It is very normal. I, I, I will mention that. How it really feels like these high schoolers are being high schoolers and not seventeen-year-old um, businessmen. <laughs> right. It's just. It's just much easier to relate to. Yeah, and they're obviously rich, but they're more you know relatable rich, like right. not multi-billionaires. They're acting like teens all the time i mean some of them can't even scrape together a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> pretty embarrassing <laughs> um all right so should we get into the episode i guess let's, let's get into it um do we have like other other questions to ask me like i'm like what, what's the format here is, isn't it the same thing we don't have to get right into the plot do we well, usually we have a guest, and Bebop will tell me when the guest is ready, and yeah. then I'll let them in, and I'll introduce them, and then I'll ask them, what's your history with Gossip Girl? So for this would be, what's your history with the OC? I mean, we kind of already got into that last yeah. week. We're, we're still guestless. We're still in the guestless era, as uh, as we've coined it. And uh, then, I, then I'd then i ask you, um, favorite, least favorite characters, I guess, through another episode, has your favorite slash least favorite character uh, changed yet? Mm, what did I say last time? I said uh, Ryan That's a very good and question. Luke, probably. That's my guess. Yes, I, I think. I mean, I think those were your MVPs and LVPs of, yeah. of, uh, of last episode. You know, I'll, I'll take away uh, Luke as my least favorite because he got much more interesting at the very least this episode. He did. He yeah. did. Um, I, I will be asking about that. Okay, so that's, that's all I'll say for now. We can move on to the uh, the plot. Uh, Mike Trout is still not starting uh, for the Angels today. Not good. He just goes on a big slump, and they take him out of the lineup. I mean, maybe he I just hates know. Nickelback. He had, Did you hear about that? He had something with his yeah, something with his groin again the other day. Oh, okay, he always <laughs> is it getting Literally. too big. <laughs> Sorry, as I'm trying to find the OC, my OC <laughs> notes, I'm getting updates about Mike Trout not starting. <laughs> um, what were you saying about Nickelback? Famously overhated band Nickelback, who that is actually pretty. Yeah, good. I don't know. If it, this is like a real news story for baseball that the Angels have been on the famous uh, losing streak. So. Uh, they were all supposed to come out to like their walk-up songs for the entire lineup was going to be a nickel, different Nickelback song. So now Nickelback, well, the band fun. itself, is getting involved and like is praying for the Angels to to do better, <laughs> and giving them Twitter <laughs> tips. It's very funny. I was listening to, and we'll get into Avril Lavigne more because Avril Lavigne does play another prominent role in this episode, two yes. for two so far. Um, uh, I was listening to the Avril Lavigne self-titled album earlier today as I was running, mm -hmm. and. Uh, little bonus track at the end she has a cover of the famous nickelback song how you remind me have you ever heard that oh no did they two of them date at some point they were married married I married married okay that makes sense i i do know that song i had never heard the cover though i mean of course you know the song yeah you know i was asking if you know the cover clearly you well know. I, I, I wasn't even sure like i had to like really dig depth dig deep and figure out if i did know it but i, I can kind of hear it's good that the chorus kind of says uh the, the lyrics this so. is how you remind yeah, 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 yeah. me of i mean it's one of their most famous songs i'm sure the Avril version is much much better though i mean it's 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 pretty good but the nickelback version's a classic wow i didn't know we had a, such nickelback stand here 
I told you they're overhated. They're pretty. They're pretty good. It seems like you've gone past uh, the underrated thing and are saying now that you're. No, no, they're not underrated. I mean, maybe they are underrated. I think the the thing is they're overhated because the people that don't like them really don't like them, and it's become such a thing for everyone to just hate on Nickelback. When I mean, they're a professional rock and roll band, and they have catchy songs that people are always singing along to. I don't know where they got this reputation from, but I mean, are they the best band of all time? Of course not. But I I mean, pretty close. Not not going around saying you know get me into the hall of fame or like whatever he's yeah. saying he's, i, I mean I, it's like it's like a hacky comics sort of uh low-hanging fruit joke i feel absolutely, like absolutely yeah yeah i mean yeah it's somehow punching down at this point making fun of nickelback yeah so yeah so i'm i'm glad uh, to see they're back in the news cycle and uh i mean i mean the angels are kind of uh relevant here because they're a los angeles baseball yep, team and true. newport's that's probably true. pretty close to la so do you think anyone in the cast of the OC is a fan of the Angels, mm. or if not, what would they be a fan of? Is the OC closer to San Diego? I, I I'm terrible with geography. Maybe it seems pretty far. San Diego, I think, is the furthest south of the California. Right. But I think these are SoCal Surfer Bros. Yeah, so maybe they'd be more, more San Diego maybe. Bros. You know, five minutes ago, I asked if you wanted to get into the episode, and we somehow talk, started talking about the you Nick, know? Nickelback <laughs> and the Angels instead. <laughs> Wait, so we I have guess you got your wish kind of where you, here, yeah. you didn't want to. Yeah, two hours later when Ligori's cursing <laughs> us out. Don't say his name. Don't, okay, don't give him that satisfaction. You can, you can bleep that out in post. Yeah, okay, maybe that's a good idea. I'll bleep out just the beginning that you hear just Ori. I actually did message the group chat the other day saying, like, not me becoming official enemy of the Lonely Boys. <laughs> <laughs> See? He loves the attention. <laughs> um, all right, so should we now get into Now the we can. So it is the model home. I will not ask you if you understood the reference because it is just a reference to the model home and not a uh, a movie or anything. Unfortunately, my favorite game we cannot do in this. Oh, so they don't do that at all podcast, in this series. No, it's just the and then whatever. I mean, maybe at some point down the line okay. we'll get a stray reference in one of the titles, you know. But uh, no, it's just very basic titles. So that that's what we do. I forgot that. That's what that's the. Uh, yes, and that that yeah, usually yeah. takes up ten minutes as you try to it does. think it really and then does. come up with a joke and then explain your joke and then so that's usually <laughs> or explain that I can't think of one. Yeah, that's usually the first fifteen <laughs> minutes of the podcast or yeah, so. It's my favorite part. <laughs> All right, so Marissa and Seth convince Ryan not to leave Newport and hide him in one of. Cur- I always want to say Kirsten because of our great friend Kirsten great McKinnis, friend. but it is Kirsten, uh, and hide him in one of Kirsten's vacant model homes. When Luke confronts Ryan about his relationship with Marissa, their fight ends up setting the model home on fire, getting both arrested. What a succinct little wrap-up that uh, Wikipedia gave me this time. Original air date, August 12th, 2003, so we are still in the summer, and I am still a little nine-year-old boy not watching the show. Yeah, it sucks to be you at that, that point. Yeah, I mean, for more reasons than just that. <laughs> what, what else? Why? I mean, you're, you're pretty um, cool. I was still pretty bad at baseball back then. This was my pre-hitaway era. Oh, I think yeah. once oh, I the got hit-away the hitaway, everyone's lives. Yeah, I mean, Reggie Jackson did guarantee that you would get a hit into the outfield your first game back, and boy, oh boy, he was right. Yeah, so, so that you're right. So the hitaway is really what got you onto the pathway to be the Hall of Fame Astro player that you were. Yeah, that's right. And before that, I mean, this was probably my year uh, back in the minor leagues. You know, you don't have team names. You just have the white team. And based on the color of the <laughs> uniform, the color of the uniform. And uh, famously, Kevin Herving's dad was the coach. And I came up with the bases loaded one time. And he just kept telling me to lean in so I could get hit by the pitch so that I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> and we famously went we famously went winless that season. But I wow. did uh, get hit by a pitch. And he said it was the my uh, best moment of, best at of, bat. of the year. In real, yeah. like a righty Rizzo. 
<laughs> That's right. Um, so we start this OC episode off with a previously on segment, which we don't really, I don't think we ever get previously on, on Gossip Girl. So I, I don't know why we get him for the OC, but not Gossip Have Girl. Have we not gotten a single one? I feel like we got like one I at the start so, of the season two, usually, maybe. Maybe, but usually I will press play in Gossip Girl, and it will take me right to that uh, that kind of theme sequence where it's like, yeah. and who am I? That's one secret I'll never tell. Mm. You know you love me. Yeah, yeah, so this, though, it usually starts with, previously, on the OC, with one of the uh, characters doing that voiceover there. Right. Well, maybe that's just a, a testament to the fact that this show, I've only seen two episodes again, but maybe this show is just more uh, plot-driven with the real through-line of all the episodes, where Gossip Girls may be a little bit more scatterbrained. Maybe, maybe you're onto something maybe. there. Maybe. Um, we're going to start this episode off. It's summertime still at the Cohen residence, and Ryan really has the life now. He's just sitting in a floaty in the pool. Sandy's making them dinner. I he just, you know, he would not be having this good of a time if he was back with uh, his terrible mom and her boyfriend. Absolutely not. I mean, he also kind of looked sad. I guess it was his last night, his last day there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, still, other way, a pretty good way to spend the last supper. It's that, <laughs> sorry, bad joke. It's that, uh, <laughs> it's that, classic happy and sad at the same time feeling where yeah. uh, you know you're having a great time but you know it's going to end yeah soon. like last day of vacation yeah i hate that though that last day of villaroma always so uh, sad yeah i feel for you in those days too i texted <laughs> you, you the last day you're there i said sorry buddy every year and i famously have terrible cell service in villaroma <laughs> so i probably get it the day i get back yeah well now that we have the, like, the reply options for iphones you always thumbs down it sure yeah and, and i will um so kirsten is on the phone with her dad still not have met her dad but it's clear that uh she works for him and it sounds like they're in some kind of real estate business as they're talking about selling model homes and development and such uh it sounds really boring if you ask me yeah it does sound pretty boring um you know i wonder if like there's something to like i, I don't know I, I initially kind of thought without again as i always do i watch <laughs> these shows like kind of in the background and i wasn't really paying attention and i thought maybe this was just a house full of models oh okay so you you thought that's what the model home was yeah I, I hadn't like taken that. out my notebook yet to take notes I, I was just eating my dinners and i had it on the background like well that sounds like a, like a good time kind of like a place that uh, chuck bass would would occupy yeah yeah see i'm still in that sort of mind frame right uh but obviously it's very lucrative because as we know they are pretty rich and uh Sandy, he wishes there was more they could do for Ryan, but Kirsten is still not totally Team Ryan. I mean, she's there, but she's still reminding Sandy that he's his lawyer, not his guardian. And uh, Sandy's planning on returning Ryan to child services, and if they don't find his mother, he'll be in foster care until he's 18, which is heartbreaking. And uh, you can tell even Kirsten doesn't really love that idea as her face drops no, a little. No. And yeah, Sandy says they'll try to place him, but at his age, it'll be impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're just guilting. What's what's the mother's name again? Kirsten. Kirsten. She's. Uh, she said it like fifty times. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Remember <laughs> not to be confused with Kirsten, future friend of the pod. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, it's it's gonna be a little it's a little while. I, how are you with with being a teacher and names? Like, how long did it take you to remember all the kids' names? So when I was student teaching, I asked at the end of the first week, I asked my host teacher to give me a uh, seating chart with all five of the classes and their names, um, and. So I didn't even like just memorize worked on memorizing the seating charts and then I was able to match the faces to the names afterwards and then it just took me a week from there to memorize all, all five classes oh, based on the seating chart. So I think it would take me if you give me a seating chart I think it would take me about a week to memorize <laughs> okay. 125 student names. So I'll need one of those for this show, but I don't know how long it took me to remember the names of all the gospel characters, but all I can see when I see 
Kirsten's face is just not Lily. That's like what it says on her face to me. <laughs> not Lily. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. And and this is heartbreaking that, uh, as Sandy's saying, pretty much impossible impro- for a, a teenager to get adopted. I, I've uh, I've been watching the uh, the show The Fosters recently. I'm in the last season right now, and uh, another show where they really show you the the horrors of the foster system. So I'm very I'm very sympathetic with Ryan right now and, and him potentially having to go to foster care. Yeah, it's it's not great, not a great situation for anyone. Um, I actually used to babysit uh, a house full of former foster kids. So oh, you were the fosters. I I was the the foster dad. <laughs> you, know, you you started as the babysitter and then ultimately became the foster dad. <laughs> yeah, they're all here with me. Say hello, guys. <laughs> yeah, they're all in the closet. They're much better off now. Oh boy! All but right, I was actually a babysitter. I I, I I kid, I kid. But I uh, they were a nice group of guys. I bet they were. I yeah, bet they were cool, cool kids. Um, Seth and Ryan are in the pool, and Seth wants Seth wants to do something special for Ryan's last day, like get some tattoos or hookers, as he calls them, and lose their virginity. Maybe maybe something to do with the model home there. A bunch of models. <laughs> yeah, uh, and day. Ryan, uh, Ryan just stares at Seth and does not answer, which which is a pretty good move by Ryan. Uh, <laughs> See, does this imply I mean, that he is like, come on, man, you know, everybody fucked. I was going to ask you that. I mean, Seth yeah. <laughs> obviously is uh, probably like out and proud that he's a virgin here. So yeah, yeah, we yeah. should lose our virginity. <laughs> Ryan does not answer. Do you take that to me and like, come on, I'm Ryan Atwood. I fucked. That's exactly From what Chino. Means. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> just gives him that look. And he said all that in just one look as, as he can do. Yeah. Um, back in the kitchen, Ryan comes in. He notices the model home design and Kirsten tells him that she builds them. And that's when Ryan asks if she can build him one. Sorry, bad joke. <laughs> that was a good joke. They sit down. They sit down. Sandy calls it the Last Supper again. Sorry, bad joke. And it, yeah. it's just a laugh riot around here. <laughs> it sure is. Uh, at the time, it was my joke of the episode. The uh, can you build me one? But we have such a funny character in, in this show that like zinger after zinger just fly off the handle here. You got. You must be talking about Seth, right? Oh yeah. Like I'm just not yeah, used yeah. to having somebody in, in a Josh Ward show that is like dedicated to funny lines he is the comedy and i was gonna bring this up later when it happens but the thing i appreciate most about seth cohen is his ability to still make jokes even in the most serious of situations and this is someone something that he will always do no matter what like his life could be in danger not spoiling not saying his life ever will be in danger just Uh, saying that if it ever i'm I'm just saying i'm just using it as as a vague example watching you Saying that if it was, I think he would still be able to find a way to uh, pepper some jokes in there, and that is what I appreciate about Seth Cohen. Yeah, it'll always sort of just get like the, come on, like from his family or friends, like not not right <laughs> yeah. now, which always makes me laugh. <laughs> right, and uh, so we get the first mention here at the Last Supper of Kirsten not being good at cooking, and uh, this will be a little bit of a runner. And as someone who's terrible at cooking, I can relate to Kirsten here. I'm an incredible chef, but I can't relate. Wow, I didn't know that about you. You've never made me anything. <laughs> no, I have. Uh, yeah, I, I could uh, sling around the spatula, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> they do say that, yeah. <laughs> um, so Ryan's kind of seeing the dinnertime banter here. And again, happy and sad at the same time. He's kind of already missing his new family. And uh, he's also not too fond that he's property of the government now with ch- with his new nickname, his ID number. But, I mean, hey, it's better than the nickname Death Breath Seth, which is very hard to say. I can't, I cannot believe anyone was actually calling Seth that because that is a mouthful. Yeah, where do you, where do you get that from? Breath Seth. Even saying that right now, like, no one is calling him that. Yeah, Death Breath Seth. He, uh... Maybe that should be my new vocal warm-up. Death, <laughs> Death Breath, Breath Seth. Seth. Death <laughs> Breath It's tough with the breath in, right into the Seth. Yeah, it's Death very, Breath Seth Death got a Baja Blast with Bart Bass. Thank you. That's good. That, that'll get me ready for any yeah. podcast. Oh, yeah. 
So uh, Sandy's still doing what he can, and he uh, he does pull some strings to get Ryan into a group home with only two other kids. So uh, Sandy also gives Ryan some false hope here for some reason. He tells him, you know, they do find homes for kids his age, even though he literally just told Kirsten that it would be impossible to place him at his age. Yeah. Well, actually, one of, one of the kids that I babysat was a 16-year-old. Um, he got, uh, y- youngest was like fifth fifth no one of them was like maybe six so it went from six to 16 and there's like five boys so I mean, that is, that is a teen drama just waiting to happen a family it, drama it was a pretty wacky setup <laughs> a lot of fun and so seth yeah seth is like yeah because uh everybody wants a brand new teenager and he says sarcastically but i wouldn't really be opposed i I'd, I'd, I'd adopt a teen yeah especially is there a hunk too <laughs> oh come on come on brendan <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, if they're funny, yeah. If they're fun, you know. I know you, I know you get along with, and, with the teens. And I do have a comedy test when I when I go to the adoption agencies. I, <laughs> yeah. I, say, I say, make me laugh or you will stay here. <laughs> yes. You're tough. Yeah, but it has to be done. You have to make yeah, me you laugh if you're going to get adopted. And so um, Seth does his favorite move recently of asking, why can't they just use all the extra room in the house to just let Ryan stay there? And it does say... It does seem like an easy fix, but Ryan says, you know, that's okay. But I'm happy that Seth is trying to stand up to his parents for Ryan, at least. Right. Like, sure, it's, like, maybe a little bit more complicated than that. I guess and by complicated, yeah, sure I mean it's just, paperwork like, that, the mom. There's some paperwork really, they need to do. Yeah. She's only an obstacle right now. But from a kid's point of view, it's like, why Why do we've been doing it for the past week or so? Like, why can't we just keep doing it? And Seth's life has, like, gotten way more interesting since it, since it yeah, happened. So. Yeah. And they have one kid, so they should care about that one kid's opinion. That's true. And so now here we get the first instance of the iconic title sequence with this theme song. God, uh, I no matter how many times I love watching this, just seeing each person's name come up with their little images. It's everything a theme sh- song should be. Yeah, I, I think I said last time that it's one of the all-time theme songs. I think this is just like one of the all-time like theme screens in general. Like the, this this yeah, whole yeah. process here is just like out of this world. It, it's it's the best. Like the way it, it cuts away from the cold open to this song. And title sequence just you get, i i was hyped just to see this and I, I could have ended the episode right there every time it gets me hyped I, mm-hmm. I love it um we see here that uh in the first episode chris carmack was who plays luke was just a uh, supporting role but he has already made wow. his way into the title sequence in the in the main cast as luke uh unfortunately rachel bilson as summer and melinda clark as julie still not there yet so we'll be on uh summer and julie watch luke to see makes if it they can get into the theme song uh, no marissa is there oh i said okay. summer and julie are not there okay sure Yes. Do you know who? Do you know who those two characters are? Brendan? Summer, I do. Julie, no clue. Julie is Marissa's mom. That's her name. I couldn't figure it out. Julie Cooper. Okay. Yeah. Right. Maybe we that. There will be a quiz. There oh, will be shit. a quiz. Well, that maybe maybe will help me a little bit. Um. So we are in the middle of the night here as Ryan wakes up and picks up all his stuff and is about to leave. And honestly, can't blame him because getting put in the system really seems like it sucks. So, um, But luckily, Seth happens to find him outside while he was looking for some PlayStation thing. And he's just like, hey, are you running away? And Seth can't convince Ryan to stay. So he becomes the ultimate come with guy. And he, he <laughs> tells Ryan he'll come with him. And I, the back and forth here is so good. Like, Ryan's just like, oh. And Seth right away just says, fair enough. And, uh, but Ryan hasn't really thought about uh, his next move. Like, he says he'll probably get a job and save the money. And Seth is just like, that's a good plan. I can tell you've put a lot of thought into that. Uh, again, once right. again, Seth already killing it with the one-liners here. Yeah, you would think, like, he's overstepping his boundaries a little bit. I would be a little bit more afraid to talk to Ryan this way than he is. But good for him for having the uh, gojones to just call him out. I think they've already established somewhat of a rapport Yeah, well, it's, of, been, uh, it's been quick, here. though. But sure. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 
Um, so Ryan asks Seth if he has a better idea, and it takes Seth like three seconds to come up with a better idea. Like, actually, yes. Yes, I do. That's He's a smarty pants. And he is. And, it's also uh, not so a great idea, but it's an idea. Ends up, I mean, they didn't know that... Um, well, first of all, they didn't know that they were going to set the house on fire. But they also didn't know that <laughs> the known. contractors were going to come back the next day. Like, this has been abandoned for, like, months at this no, point. No, yeah, so. but I think it, 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 I think it was one month, and it, they're yeah. going to come back eventually. And now all like, of a sudden always, you pay attention? It, yeah. <laughs> it was always going to end. You know, right. it, I mean, this was always going to have to just be a short-term plan more yeah. than a long-term plan. But it is it is a good short-term plan. Right. Um, so we see Seth packing up some stuff, and Sandy enters, and Seth has to, like, jump into bed fully dressed. He, he pretends he was sleeping, asks if it's morning already. And uh, Sandy's just kind of like, we need to talk about Ryan. And Seth just kind of, like, agrees with Sandy so hard here because uh, he just, you know, he already has a plan in action that Sandy thinks that Seth is being sarcastic. And, you know, <laughs> he's like, no, I, I agree. And he's like, oh, sometimes it's hard to tell. And then <laughs> as soon as Sandy leaves, Seth springs out of bed. Like, he, like, literally, like, yeah. hops out of the bed. Yeah, there's there's some actual out loud laughs for me. I was watching this by myself. Well, and the, and Puma the cat was also there, but um, she doesn't laugh as much as she meows. Uh, unless that, maybe that's her laugh. I don't know. Maybe she's always yeah. laughing when she wants food. Who knows? Um, <laughs> what deranged cat? You <laughs> 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 I mean, every time you got hungry, you just started laughing. <laughs> I, I guess I must be starving. Um, oh, man. But, Luckily, uh, my, my abs are feeling a lot better, so okay. I can laugh today. <laughs> Good to know. You haven't yet, but you can. The ability's there. Again, I if you if you want to make me laugh, feel free. Anytime. No, that's why you've been holding back. You haven't yeah, been yeah, funny yeah. at now all this episode yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Seth never holds back. Uh, some, a lot of out loud laughs for me. By my, like, do you, do you do that when you watch TV? Did, are you an out loud laugher if it's funny enough when you're by yourself? Uh, if something is funny enough, I will laugh out loud. And like I have been saying, I think Seth Cohen gives you the most LOLs per capita of any yeah. character in the show. And Seth can make me laugh out loud. Um, obviously, tougher to do when you're watching an episode by yourself. But um, it 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 happens a, a decent amount of time for me, I, yeah. I will say. It's definitely tougher. But some people say that they don't do it. Like, they strictly will not laugh. It's almost like they're trying if, if not I'm to. Not, maybe. If I'm not like in the right mood, like maybe I, I won't laugh. But if I'm, I don't know, if when when it strikes it strikes yeah yeah same thing with podcasts too like if i'm alone and like tired sometimes i'm just like ah, that was funny uh, yeah it's good uh, there was a po- i was running in the cemetery the other day and there was a podcast i was making i could not control myself i was laughing <laughs> out loud I, I think it was doughboys and i can't remember what i cannot remember what they were saying but it legitimately oh, yeah. killed me i've had a lot I, of well, mid-run crack me, upset of it. i've had to stop pause my run yeah. pause the podcast that's happened a couple times with times with freedom. Freedom will get you at the wrong time. Yep. Yeah, well, podcasting while running is a dangerous game. Yeah. We're not podcasting. Listen to podcasts. <laughs> I mean, we've never tried well, a podcast we... while running. <laughs> Honestly, that was one of my early uh, ideas for a podcast before we started the Hobby Boys. I was debating it like, like, a, like yeah, a raising it, money type of idea. It does kind of sound like that. I, the whole idea was that I was going to get some sort of equipment that wouldn't sound that bad by like, because I was like, when you're running, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> like something right. that wouldn't pick up all of that but still you could i was trying to do like long run interviews with people like find people that would run with me and then like talk to them for an hour and a half like a, i think it, this this could work you might have something here yeah um, just a lot of like unwanted heavy breaths right <laughs> story of my life um so ryan's <laughs> waiting <laughs> i didn't know you hated those so much <laughs> 
<laughs> Ryan's waiting for Seth outside, and uh, Marissa drops by, though, and they exchange their haze. That's how they always greet each other. Mm-hmm. And Marissa tells Ryan and uh, and Seth that she's celebrating her friend's summer's birthday, but Seth already knows that her birthday isn't until Wednesday. Which, okay, Seth, stepping up his stalking game here. <laughs> yeah. And... <laughs> Arissa gives him, like, a what-the-fuck look, and he's like, I mean, that's what I heard. I don't know. Just, just a guess, really. So great save by Seth there. It's funny. They, they pay him so little mind that they don't even know yet that how obsessed he is with her. Like, right. He's they can't even kind tell that he's talking. Yeah. Right, yeah. And uh, Marissa can tell something is up with them, and since she's a little uh, a little rebel girl here in she these in these early episodes, she, uh, she kind of hints that she's down to hang out with them and do whatever it is they're doing and just kind of ditch the party for now. And so that's what's going to happen here as Marissa starts driving them. And uh, her and Seth have a little back and forth while where Seth tells her no one asked her to come along. And she just reminds him that they were on a skateboard before she inserted herself. And Seth is being kind of an annoying little shit here. Like Marissa is helping them. So what is his problem? Is he just jealous because he wanted his bro time with Ryan? That could be a part of it. And he, he apparently also has to have he has something like very deep rooted with her. And they're just like maybe yeah. maybe not just her, but all the kids at the school. Understandably so, because yeah. look at how they treat him. Um, he's but, so pissed that Marissa never talked to him. Yeah, and uh, I, I guess they they could have been childhood friends, but she never uh, never cared. I mean, they like all the same things. They they didn't even know. Well, I'm gonna blame Seth probably even more than I blame Marissa here because Marissa will uh, when she finally you know has had enough of his shit and call him out on it. She will say like, "You never talked to me either. Like you think you're too good for everyone." So I, I think right. I think they're that's probably accurate as well. But um, so to start off here, Marissa asks Ryan if uh, he likes the music she's playing. And this is the first time we're going to peel back some of Ryan's layers here and find out what he's into. And it turns out he is not really into music, which is always an absurd take. Uh, Not to bring up Doughboys again, but Nick Weiger, famously not into music. (laughs) And (laughs) And look look at that kind of guy. Also, uh, Brian's prime by Lucky. His dad doesn't like music. That is so weird. And Seth agrees with me. He he tells Ryan, dude, that's kind of (laughs) weird. It is very weird. It's kind of scares me. If you had to guess, uh, if you had to, if Ryan had to pick a type of music, what do you think uh, the the music Ryan would be into would be? Uh, two thousand three. Uh, I want to say here, not a music type. Maybe, maybe yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, maybe Casey and the Sunshine Band. Casey and the Sunshine Band, really? <laughs> yeah. You think he's a disco boy? He's a disco boy deep down. Na 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 na. Give, give it, it up. up. Give it. <laughs> Yes, yeah, love shit. that song. Famously, one of my uh, top 100 songs of all time. Yeah, thank um, you, so. Andrew from Albany. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Andrew from Albany. Happy birthday to Andrew from Albany, by the way, the, on the day we're recording this. June 9th, Wow. Um, yep. So Ryan asks what Marissa likes, and she replies, "Right now, punk." And Seth is going to be an annoying, whiny little gatekeeper and say, mm. oh, "I'm sorry, Avril Lavigne doesn't count as punk." Which okay. Listen, first of all, yes, she does. Avril Lavigne is the most badass punk rock star I can think of. <laughs> I am a huge Avril Lavigne guy. Like I just said, I was listening to one of her albums today. We we already talked about her. Secondly, if you're keeping track at home, this is the second Avril Lavigne mention this show has had in as many episodes. So I don't know if they're pro-Avril or anti-Avril yet. This take seems pretty anti-Avril. And uh, yeah. thirdly, shut the fuck up, Seth. Maybe this scene is why I was always more of a uh, more of a Team Ryan guy than a Team Seth. Again, not that they're <laughs> against each other, but uh, the, for the people that make you pick. Sure, Seth is funny. Laugh out loud moments, but Ryan's never like that. He's never annoying. Yeah. Well, I think he's just, he's still, it's, it's early in the show. I gave him a pass on this stuff just because he still has that weird chip in his shoulder with this girl. So he's just like, be, he's jumping down the throat anytime he gets the chance. Um, I am also an Avril Lavigne stan. Ever since you recommended her newest album on uh, The Lonely yeah. Boys, uh, it, it made its way to like 
the upper echelon of my top 100 songs of 2022, which is constantly being updated. Uh, she's wow. up there. The, the whole album is wow. great. Oh, I am doing some good in this world. Yeah. Take that. Well, uh, in his defense, though, maybe she's like a little bit more towards pop punk, pop, pop punk if we're going to get into like deep genre type of casting. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. But Marissa didn't even say she liked Avril Lavigne. Seth just like jumped Yeah, no, you're yeah, right. I know. I'm just saying like genre wise. I guess like all the names, all the bands she named were like literal punk. Right. Music. Yeah. To her, Marissa's credit, she's like, oh, what about the cramps? Uh, stiff little fingers, the clash, sex pistols. And now Seth is coming to the realization that he listens to the same music as Marissa Cooper and says, I think I have to kill myself, which seems like an overreaction. <laughs> Again, he is being such a dick. <laughs> yeah. I excuse I the whole, the whole thing saying. for now. And until I see more of this behavior, um, I'm going to give him a pass because I like him so much. And then I know you're a bit of a punk rocker. Do you have <laughs> any of those fans? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> uh, no, not, I mean, I don't dislike any of them, but um, I feel like I like a couple of their, their hits, but I haven't really done a deep dive on any of those. Um, so I'll say medium. I'm lukewarm on them. Okay, good to know. Um, so Ryan asks, like, oh, you listen to punk, huh? And Marissa just replies, I'm angry, which uh, Marissa doesn't seem too angry yet, but she says it so matter-of-factly that I, I have to believe her. You got a little scared. I'm like, oh, you're... Yeah, I'm angry. Oh, I thought she was going to drive the car off the road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, that, that's maybe partially why she drinks so heavily when she does drink, and she just like she just wants to get away from it all, that sort of thing. Just stay. And I, yeah, she does. Yeah, no really relationship with her parents either. It seems you know, right? So, well, she has, she has a bit of a relationship with with her dad, but yeah, um, but she knows there's well, there's some walls there. Yeah. Um, so they arrive at the titular model home, and it was never finished, and they don't know why. Uh, and this seems like where they're uh, going to set up shop. And we cut to Kirsten on the phone, where we're going to find out why. Apparently, the contractor just disappeared, and it's been a month. Oh, you were right. It has been a month. Uh-huh. And Kirsten will not stand for this any longer. Uh, how do contractors just vanish? I don't know. Well, when she gets to the model home later on, she sees the golf ball. And is like, oh, I see what they're yeah. doing. I think, I think they can, yeah, I, I think they can kind of just drag out these jobs and still get paid for them so maybe that's their right. game so we hear about her mystical father again as uh, she says he's never going to let her hear the end of this and so sandy tells kirsten not to blame herself and kirsten just replies with i'm not blaming myself but how can i allow a strange boy to live in this house seth needs to know it's what any mother would do stop calling ryan a strange boy and i come on kirsten we, we've had it we've had a t- this talk already i have an lvp and i'm not afraid to use it oh. saved last week but yeah i i'm not afraid to uh wield my lvp around and yeah you better shape uh, scare up people with it yeah so, uh, sandy tells kirsten that he was talking about the contractors not not about uh, the seth ryan situation and as our old friend mr jones used to say a guilty conscience is its own accuser <laughs> i haven't heard that in a while that was a, a hard flashback to mr jones <laughs> two mr joneses that, that, that is always that is a great is that one quote. and uh you lie like a rug <laughs> yeah it's a really good, one. good ones yeah <laughs> um so uh, back to the model home. Seth wants Ryan to hide out and live here. And like I said, it's a very good short-term plan, but like, what's the long-term plan? Are they planning on having Ryan live here until he turns 18? How will he eat and go to the bathroom? And, you know, it, they will do this, but it's not like he should be just going out and about. Like, Luke sees him when they do end up going out, but Sandy might see him and be like, uh, Ryan, uh, come with me. You, you should be in child services right now. So, like, he would literally have to just hide out here. And is that really worth it? Right, especially with Seth and Marissa going back and forth so often to help him. Like, they're going to yeah. be on their tail. Um, and also with the food stuff, too, they, they didn't realize that they needed that stuff until it was, like, 
like oh shit i'm hungry like they they were like oh, shit, i think we're food. all done we got nothing left to do and like but what about so Ryan started uh, yeah. laughing maniacally and seth was like oh he must be hungry <laughs> as one does yeah i you know i think it's just you know doing this for a little while until they think of something better and yeah ryan's eventual plan is going to be moving to austin texas which doesn't seem much better at all but um so the best part according to seth is the empty pool and seth is going to skateboard in the empty pool like the like the badass that he is and uh Marissa and Ryan are going to continue to get to know each other here. Marissa asks if his mom's coming back, and Ryan tells her she's a bit of a train wreck. And uh, Marissa tells him that her mother is a train wreck, too. And they're both right, that their moms are train wrecks, but, like, completely different types of train wrecks. Yeah, almost on the opposite ends of the spectrum. And also opposite ends of the the tax brackets, too. Exactly. And that's what it comes down to there. And um, Marissa asks about Ryan's dad, but he's in jail for armed robbery. So Marissa shares about her dad, about how he's a financial planner and she thinks he's in trouble. So again, both fucked up, but completely yeah. different. They're like, uh, two kids from different worlds, but like they both have family problems. Kind, kind of why they're so perfect for each other here. Right. And her dad also could be going to jail soon. <laughs> Who knows? It's true. You never know. You never know. Um, it is, uh, it's truly amazing how well adjusted Ryan is considering his family situation. Yeah. He, he's, uh, he's quiet. And he seems like he's got a lot of anger, too, but he's able to contain himself and only uh, speaks when spoken to and only fights when fought in two. In two? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Ryan could also be a train wreck, but, I mean, yeah, he does get in his fights, but he's, like I always say, he's a very good boy. He is a very good boy. He's, he can scrap if he needs to. You know, he's, he's a street kid, but, like, you know, he can, get, he can keep it together. Right. And so uh, Marissa... Uh, hasn't told anyone about her dad's situation, but Ryan says he can keep a secret. And again, I believe him. If, if there's anyone in any teen drama, I would trust with a secret or with my life even. It would be Ryan Atwood. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I, I can see myself being a Seth here and just doing like, whatever you think, buddy. Whatever, Ryan, <laughs> let's just do it. Yes. So uh, Marissa gets a phone call. She answers it to, uh, where you at, girl? And Luke is at the party. He's trying to hurry up Marissa. So she gets to the party. And uh, you know Ryan's going to ask Marissa how long they've... Uh, been dating but marissa doesn't know and luckily seth has been also stalking them i guess so he knows that they've been together since fifth grade when they got their mac on at the museum of tolerance (laughs) so uh just as we assumed it's kind of like a blair nate situation where they've just been together their whole lives and don't know anything else also putting your mac on in fifth grade what is going on in newport well that's like uh mike smith and jc taylor don't forget (laughs) Taylor. <laughs> do you remember? Like, do you remember that? that? Yeah. You were you yeah, were I at. Mean, I don't know if you saw it, but they were in the the bushes at our Rawl Elementary School meetup that we had for our, with our pen pals. Kind of the uh, the Marissa and Luke of of Daniel Street Elementary School. <laughs> they really were good times. <laughs> um, so this is when uh, Marissa kind of finally snaps and asks what's Seth's problem? And Seth tells her it's because he's lived next door his whole life and she's never said anything to him, which, again, you know, we get. But that's what I was saying. Marissa counters with, you know, actually, Seth is the one who thinks he's too good for everyone, which I can also definitely see. And uh, based on this, I feel like if Seth actually did try talking to her at some point, I think she would have been friendly with him. Yeah, they would have found a lot they had in common. And, you know, if you lived next to somebody and they just never spoke to you, I wouldn't, like, be this angry at them i would just be like oh i guess we're just not friends like you know they, yeah. they're weird they're awkward like whatever that's just how it is i wouldn't literally be fuming at them for life maybe if seth wasn't so judgy he and marissa could have been lifelong friends listening to the clash together uh, and maybe he would have a crush on her instead of summer maybe um but seth knows he's better than luke because luke shaves his chest which seth is wrong again i appreciate some good manscaping yeah i uh with my 
Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. I shave my chest once a week. <laughs> and this is not an ad. Not yet. Not yet. Um, so Marissa finds out about the uh, the big fight they got into with the water polo team and doesn't even really seem mad at all when Ryan says he hit Luke first. I, I think she, she probably knows he deserved it. Yeah, that's why she, she never gets mad. Like, the, the, like all the shit they talk about him, she's, she kind of yeah. like understands where they're coming from. Which just come on, break up with him, Marissa. I know you've been together since fifth grade, but like, yeah. come on, he you can see that he's terrible. Yeah, I think I mean, I'm even grossed out by him whenever like, there's a scene. Uh, I don't know if it'll actually come up as like a a talking point, but he just like gets too excited for the fact that she's supposed to come over and get like shit faced. And I feel like that look he had was like, yeah, she's gonna get wasted. It's gonna be easy for me to slide in there. I'm like, oh god, I just I've seen too many I, too many of those people. Right, right, I, I, right. Just, I just saw his, his uh, the wheels turning up there. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're inside the model home again, and now Summer calls Marissa this time and says they're coming to get her. Uh, Marissa's clearly doing something right here. Like, this is the person you want to be, the person who, when they don't show up to a party, everyone notices, and they're calling you, yeah, begging right? you to come. Like, I- I'm always calling Marissa a boring character, but there's obviously something there that maybe we just aren't seeing. Yeah, I think in this situation, you're you're the caller, and I'm the person you're calling. What do you... Open yourself up here. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I I was gonna call myself the uh, the summer of our friend group. So I, yeah. I guess this. Yeah, is you are. So you, you know, you're always trying to rally the troops together. If anyone, you I'm are the, the rallier, big time. Right. I'm the summer. I guess you're the Marissa, and I think Holly is is the Sanchez. Holly's just throwing parties every. <laughs> yeah, night. yeah, that's true. Holly really is the Sanchez of this group. Yeah. Um, and of course, everyone knows Sanchez. I think we've mentioned him. Yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. knows our, we'll our childhood friend Sanchez. If you listen to all of the Hobby Boys, you especially know Sanchez, even though he hasn't been on we the show, be... but he's been talked about a lot. <laughs> and we will be going to his engagement party in a couple. In days a couple of days, recording. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, congrats to Sanchez and Mallory, a very lovely couple. I think we're gonna set up a, a table for the Sandy Boys episode three. We're gonna record live at the engagement party. Oh, that's a fun. <laughs> yeah, idea. it's a fun. They they requested <laughs> that's a great it. Great idea. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure no one will get mad at that if we just hijack the engagement party and start recording a podcast. <laughs> Blast the speakers. <laughs> so, um. Seth keeps telling Marissa to tell Summer happy birthday. So uh, she finally does. And Summer's like, who? <laughs> Even though they have officially <laughs> they, met at this point. They know each I, other. Summer getting better by the episode. Would hard to be getting worse after her bad first episode. But, I, you know, we don't get a lot of Summer this episode. But I, even in these early goings, I, I still love her. Have, is she winning you over at all, even a little bit yet? Yes. Later on, there's a scene where she, I was like, there she is. That's, that's good. I like her. Okay. Great. So, uh, and we we will get to that, and I'm sure yeah. you'll point it out. Yeah. Um. So Marissa tells Seth, uh, she says thanks, a little lie there, and <laughs> Seth gives like a little adorable celebration, yeah. and Ryan mirrors that celebration back to him. They're like doing a little silent celebration. <laughs> so uh, according to this episode, Summer's birthday is August thirteenth. So a little fun fact there. Fun fact. Um. Also nice of Marissa and, uh, to, to like make up that little white lie. Yeah, yeah, that that was pretty nice of her. She could just been a dick since Seth was being a dick to her all episode. Yeah, easily. That's not Marissa. She's a nice girl. She fits yeah. re- well with Ryan's nice boy. I like her. Yeah, I like her. <laughs> um, so uh, they all an impression of keep... me. <laughs> that was you. That's how you just sounded it's... right now. Yeah, sure. Say it again. Hey, uh, I, I guess I like kind of like her. That's exactly how I sound. <laughs> That's true. You're right. Sorry. Move on. All right. So, so they all promise to keep this place a secret. So uh, while we still don't have the full core four intact yet, we do have a solid Triforce at this point. Yes, we do. And I like all of them. <laughs> <We're just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> for the record. It's, it's my feedback for it's everything. 
it's a show about likable characters. <laughs> they're, they're all rather well, that's good. That's true. That's a, that's a good point, too. Like, all jokes aside, like, it is a funny feeling to have that for everybody. I'm like, yeah, I, I could find someone, like, something to like in almost everybody. Thank you for putting your jokes aside for at least one sentence. That was very sincere of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. So I Ryan... just uh, didn't have enough dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan wakes up the next day. Uh, he seems kind of lonely in his abandoned home without any roommates or, like, even Netflix or anything. Like, what did he do all night? Um, and at the same time, Sandy goes to wake up Ryan and realizes he's gone. So Sandy, or as we later find out, Kirsten, has called the cops, and we wouldn't be doing our jobs as responsible podcasters if we didn't say ACAB, and that includes these guys. Yes. Unless when you're calling the cops, you go, caps, caps. Can you, can you recognize that? <laughs> reference? A reference to something? Yeah. <laughs> it's the uh, Foam Finger episode of Drake and Josh. Oh, okay. It's been a while since I've seen an yeah, episode yeah, of Drake yeah. and Josh. I, I really only know the classics. Uh. That, that may be like one of the best episodes. Oh, okay. Well, when we do our Drake and Josh rewatch. Yeah. I was planning on doing a, an iCarly show with, with Brian at some point. So maybe that'll eventually turn into Drake and Josh. Who knows? The uh, the reboot or the original? Um, I wanted to do the reboot. So it'll kind of be like a Lonely Boy situation. Where I'll, and I'll end up just like starting from the beginning altogether. Yeah, yeah. I love the reboot. So you'll have me on for some Yeah, I've heard that's good. I haven't watched that... yet. Oh, it's so good. It's so funny. They have a lot of good guest stars as well. So, good. uh um so seth and marissa are talking on the phone discussing the plan as the cops are outside and uh, i guess they exchange numbers at some point so the new friendship is happening and uh, i love i thought the same thing too i was like oh good for him yeah i love when seth says uh, i'll handle johnny law (laughs) and then comes out outside and immediately looks panicked (laughs) (laughs) for a minute i was like oh maybe he's like done this before i don't know why like i i I don't know his background but then he walks outside i was like okay that's what kind of what i more expected (laughs) and at the same time julie stops marissa before she can leave to meet up with ryan and uh look who dropped by it's our old friend luke and uh, we can see in this scene just like just based on this scene alone like luke is obviously the type of guy that has a great relationship with mama julie like julie loves luke she loves this relationship it's like a high profile like two you know rich preppy white kids dating like she definitely looks good as the mother just kind of like shopping these two around yeah yeah easily so she loves having breakfast with luke and uh interspersed we get a pretty hot shot of ryan doing some pull-ups in his home yeah what a beefcake yeah like he's just wearing the tank top you find some abandoned poles in, in the house and he's just gonna yeah. get to work like might as well nothing he's else ripped. to do uh i also like and, the uh, like the background music that they have throughout the series too it's just kind of like nice little instrumentals happening it just sets up the scenes really nicely you know i agree i wouldn't be able to hum it back to you right now no. but i know exactly which uh which tunes you're talking about yeah they're good so uh seth, seth is telling the cops he doesn't know where ryan is although uh he did mention something about going to mexico and gambling on cockfights and this is what i was talking about like even if he's getting interrogated by the police and he's still making jokes here and sandy and sandy's just like yeah, come on not not right now right <laughs> yeah I, I i wouldn't have the balls to do that and i, I guess it, it just might be a nervous tick that he has too he can't i don't think he can help it like he yeah. has to make these jokes um so julie uh comes in and julie is marissa's mother and jimmy's uh wife just so you are not confused. Julie comes in and she's asking Jimmy for money. She needs a check from Jimmy, but Jimmy tells her that uh, in a couple of months, Caitlin isn't even going to like ponies, which pisses off Caitlin, who overhears. (laughs) She's got like her one line in this episode, and she's just like, what? I love China. She's the prettiest pony. Gotta say, (laughs) Caitlin Cooper. It's a good line. I was confused about who Caitlin was when they were talking about her. I was like, I guess Marissa has a sister. And I was right. she was in the first episode. I nailed that Remember, famously played by Shailene Woodley? Oh, right. Once you said the name. You mean just now? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So so you're on the same page now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So, uh, Jimmy tells Julie he has to talk about work, clearly trying to, like, come clean about everything. Uh, he says he's made a few mistakes, but Julie shuts him down, says she hates talking about work with him, and uh, tells him that he doesn't have cancer, no one's dying, so whatever Jimmy's done, she's sure he'll fix it. Love, love the positive outlook on life from Julie. Yeah, and, uh, sure, but also, like, minimalizing uh, problems oh, yeah. is not healthy at right. all. And it's, it makes you wonder why she doesn't want to hear about it. Is she just, like, crazy disinterested and just wants to keep writing checks, or... Is there something more to it as far as, like, uh, you know, but I, I don't, like, is there something that has happened in the past that she just wants to keep in the hush and she doesn't want to know about, like, the illegal shit he's doing so that she's not involved if it goes wrong? I think it's less optimism and more, like, um, if you don't tell me something's wrong, nothing is wrong, and I just want to keep living my uh, seemingly perfect okay. life right That's here, true. so write me a check. You yeah. Know? And, uh no wonder Jimmy is in the, is in the whole a uh, hundred thousand dollars. You have to assume Julie is just like asking this guy for checks like every hour or so. Yeah, that could have been the the, the swing there. Like that hundred thousand dollars might not have needed to be borrowed if it wasn't <laughs> for all these checks she needed, or there was those yeah. rings from Morocco. If it wasn't for uh, China's alopecia bill at the vet. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Marissa tells Luke she's going to get waxed from from Suki. She's going to go to Suki and get and get waxed. And she does the sly move of inviting Luke to come with her to get a manicure, even though Luke is obviously going to say no. So uh, Luke leaves as Seth is stealthily hiding in the bushes with his longboard and sunglasses. <laughs> All these uh, definitely Gil- Gilmore <laughs> Girls names, too. We got Luke and Suki. Exactly, yeah. Um, definitely uh, not necessary as he lives next door, so he probably could just waited for Marissa to call him. Yeah. He just looks, he, he thinks he looks very sly in his sunglasses, too. <laughs> yeah, he really does. Um, so, uh, Seth and Marissa have arrived at the model home. Seth is getting very confident about how good their plan is, but uh, he seems to have forgotten a lot of things. So, good thing Marissa is here because Seth did not think of bringing the essentials such as a loofah or toilet paper, which mm. as soon as she brings it out, they're both like, oh, yeah, good good call. Going to need that. Yeah, just like anyone, anyone to a Santa's party. Exactly. Is there a working toilet in this model home? Good question. And also, one role is not going to do it. Well, I mean, for now it is. I mean, he's gonna he's has the plan to move to Austin like the next day. Yeah, I'm more I'm like a one roll a day kind of guy. No, I didn't need to know that about you, but it explains <laughs> yeah. a lot. You yeah, are the you type imagine. of person that would go through a roll of toilet paper in a day. What kind of monster. <laughs> um, Marissa has also made Ryan a mixity, really dating the show Ooh, yeah. here, and it's a it's complete with some like cover art and a title, the model home mix. Uh, have you ever How made sweet. someone a mix CD, Brendan? It, it is sweet. Well, it's sweet. funny how much Sanchez talk we're getting here today because I used to do that a lot at his house. We would we would make a lot of mix CDs. Mix CDs. Uh, and also when Nicole had her older Honda, I think she had like a 97 Honda, all it had was like a retrofitted CD player for um, like the sound system that it had. So during like the early years of college, we would just burn, we would go to CVS, buy a bunch of CDs, burn a bunch of CDs, make certain like themed mixes, and uh, that would be our radio. I've never made someone a mix CD, but yeah, back in those early middle school yeah. days, I've obviously made myself plenty of mix CDs back in the day. And I'm pretty sure we've talked about this on a podcast before. Maybe it was the Hoppy Boys, but uh, all Green Day songs and Crazy Frog remixes. <laughs> it alternates that way too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was there was other stuff. I was, I was, it was I the remember, Hoppy I was Boys. Gonna, I was gonna yeah. I was gonna bring one of my CDs to a friend's house once, and my mom heard an Eminem song on it and like freaked out because there were too many curse words. And then she listened to each song to see if they had more wow. curse words in them and asked me to take those off the CD. But like the CD was already made and I, I, I was going to do that. And I wasn't like going to do that anyway, even if like and, and like I was trying to go to like a friend's house already. I was already on my way out. So it was a really big fight between sixth grade me and my mom. Oh, I bet. That's, that's, God, that's crazy. Like, very, player. very, very hands on mom. I, terrible. 
uh, <laughs> you, you would not believe the, the rough upbringing I had. Oh, yeah, that's, that's hard. Thank God I got an MP3 player shortly after that. And she couldn't look through. <laughs> I, I don't. I forget what song it was, but uh, Nicole had a similar situation where her mom borrowed her her iPod to go running on the treadmill and got to. I think it was like oh she got to uh, the Pussy and Crack song on Nicole's iPod when she was like in, in eighth or ninth grade and almost had a heart attack. <laughs> you all know the song. Sing sing along if you want. But, uh... And please do pause this podcast. Sing along. And then... <laughs> Um, so anyway, uh, clearly this is uh, something that someone only does for someone who they are madly in love with. Like, I don't, I don't think Marissa's making Luke any mixed CDs. Did she make the art, too? Like, where did that art come from? I think she did. Good for her. What he spent some time on this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan's education has begun. He is slowly but surely going to become a guy who likes music. <laughs> and whatever she likes, he likes now, I guess. That's I right. mean, he, he was listening uh, to uh, something when she walked in, I guess, one of those bands. So, I mean, he's, he's already trying for her. Yeah, trying to become a music guy. And uh, yeah. no one thought to bring Ryan any food, so they have to go on a mission. <laughs> you uh, again, seems no pretty dangerous to me. Yeah, seems pretty dangerous to me to leave the house to get food when Ryan is a wanted man. And I feel like Seth and Marissa could have just gone and gotten it to go, like brought it back. Yeah, definitely. Um, but wouldn't it have made for this fun boardwalk scene? Right. We get this fun, like, montage. Mo- montage. Why am I saying that weird? Fun montage. montage with a. Yeah. Uh, montage Uh, (laughs) ryan's on his bike marissa's on the peg seth is on his skateboard it's it's the three best friends the triforce here just having a great day on the pier and and you'll love to see it um a sure sign that you are third wheeling is that if someone is riding on the other's pegs and they're like being flirty and you're just kind of riding next to them goofily skateboarding (laughs) yeah we've all been there of course but seth doesn't seem to mind right now uh very good uh i get like biking and longboarding representation here like i said it seems like they're it's like actually high schoolers being high schoolers we don't get a lot of uh longboarding and biking on on gossip girl yeah blair riding a bike once oh uh, yeah we, we did but it, that was like in the hamptons just like riding right two miles an hour like a big banana right, never seat. to get never, never to get somewhere no, no, imagine no. that that'd be terrible that would be crazy um yeah so love love this scene love seeing them all have a good time uh, at one point marissa puts her hand over ryan's eyes and as he's riding both of them on his bike like downhill on the pier going very fast this is uh, very dangerous i nearly had a heart attack <laughs> just like we might crash and he's like he he anyone <laughs> i mean marissa like i said a little rebel girl she really loves living on the edge here if someone yeah, ever does. did that to me i think i just immediately fall I, I think you would knowing your track record too on bikes um, oh, Famously, uh, the only broken bone I ever had was riding my bike <laughs> off a dirt hill. Yeah, it was a pretty good, pretty good jump, though. Honestly, I mean, I got a lot of a lot of air. I'll never oh, forget yeah. that. So, uh, Sandy's still making some calls to try and find Ryan. Uh, he reveals here that Kirsten was the one who called the cops, and Sandy wishes she hadn't done that. So at least Sandy is also saying a cab here. Yes, and he did. That is that is one of the lines he read. Yes, he said Kirsten, I wish you wouldn't have called the cops. As you know, all cops are <laughs> bastards. <laughs> Way ahead of the times. <laughs> Uh, he's very worried that Ryan is going to slip through the cracks and for good reason Um, Kirsten wants to know what it is about this kid and again Sandy mentions how he was this kid and if no one helped him he wouldn't be here he's like that's what it is about this kid I've said this before you know this you know my upbringing (laughs) exactly stop calling him a strange boy yeah. My answer is not going to change. I still want to help Ryan Um, so Kirsten gets a phone call from Jimbo here and uh, that's when Julie... Julie storms in with some very distressing news. China has alopecia. We need to call the vet. And I love how this is the most serious thing in the world to Julie. And she and Jimmy just kind of stare back and forth at each other, looking more and more incredulous at like, each other. Uh, 
<laughs> waiting for the other one to act on the, the issue. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the the it, the actual it couple here, Kirsten and Jimmy, are going to meet for lunch. Um, Ooh, or so saucy. they say. They don't actually, or maybe they do meet for lunch and then just go to the model home after, but it's such a weird move by them, um, which we will get into. Uh, but first, the Triforce is on the pier. Uh, Ryan is trying to come up with a long-term plan, as we said he needs, but Seth and Marissa are figuring out at this moment that they also both have the same favorite book on the road. So again, the similarities just keep coming. They're, they keep they're coming. long-lost best friends here. And um, you have to assume if that's their favorite book, then they both, they both must love Diner Pancakes, too. They must. They both. They must love diner pancakes. Are you a pancake guy? Um, I know you're not a big breakfast guy. So I'm not a big breakfast guy. I always skip breakfast. I don't think it's worth, you know, waking up early for or really even opening up your stomach in the morning for. Breakfast food is fine. Not my favorite. Obviously, I prefer the more savory uh, lunches and dinners of the world. Mm -hmm. Even more, less so after I got uh, went vegan. There are uh, very few vegan breakfast options unless you go to like a vegan brunch place and then if we are going to go into the big three of pancake waffle and french toast uh pancakes are fine they are a very clear three out of three for me in the in the big three there i think wow so is french toast number one i would say so yeah but a good waffle is very good like the, you can have a subpar waffle you, know, you never really have a bad waffle unless you're having an eggo waffle but a good waffle is really good french toast i think is probably you can have some bad French toast too, though. But I think yeah. uh, French toast is maybe a little more consistent than a waffle. But when they're both of those are good, they are far and away better than the best pancake you'll ever have. The best pancake isn't coming close uh, to. And you could have bad. You could have very bad pancakes too. Like people burn pancakes a lot. Some people like people. I've had some bad pancakes. Believe you me. Wow, I I see where you're coming from. Um, but I, I think the worst French toast is the worst of all of them. I've had some like, some dry, mm. shitty, nasty French toast. That, that is made me true. So upset. You have the, the nasty French toast. That is true. Yeah. I, I guess mm, I guess when it's just firing all, on all cylinders, it's very good. Yeah, the best is like incredible. It's like wow, this is like insane. But I, for safety reasons, I I just really like a good solid pancake. Sometimes waffles can also be too dry, and I have to like really soak it in syrup, and I don't want it to, to do that. But like really really good pancakes to me are just really really good it's just obviously not the way you want to start your day with because there's cake in the name so you want to steer clear of that i mean yeah so if you if you throw a vegan pancake my way i will eat it i would never order a pancake okay fair and you're about the we'll get off this topic immediately but um you're right about the savory thing because even when i do get like a french toast a pancake or a waffle for breakfast if i'm at like a diner or something i need to also get like some sort of salty like savory because i can't oh, just yeah. have a sweet for breakfast because it just seems insane um and it's not it doesn't satisfy me unless i have that savory element all right so that's it for the breakfast corner yeah um ryan's ryan's big plan is to get to austin texas so he can work construction with one of his mom's ex-boyfriends i feel like this was a situation where his mom's ex was like yeah if you're ever in the area look me up but he didn't like really yeah, like, it, so he never will ryan be. just showed up and was like hi i live here now can i work for you like he'd be like <laughs> what who are you i mean he might take um, an extra set of hands who knows yeah, maybe but he also uh, would need a place to live up. he'd be like but you can't fucking live right. near me yeah uh seth is clearly upset by this he was thinking more like long beach so they could all still hang out and then uh-oh <laughs> luke the water polo team stroll into the crab shack which is uh i believe the name of this place um marissa says she'll handle it while uh, she tells the boys to sneak out back and marissa runs the distraction perfectly but the boys can't even handle sneaking out the back like they get all the way to the door and then some employee yells at them to use the front door and listen they're right at the door why would they not just open that door and run out anyway what's the employee gonna do chase them down for using the wrong door and right. even if she did i'm sure they can outrun her so he you didn't say what happens yet but like 
obviously, like if you have seen the episode, you know, he punches Luke in the face. So he'd rather do that in the middle of the diner <laughs> than just like run out of the exit that might, uh, if anything, set up an alarm, worst case scenario. Right, worst case scenario. So yeah, instead Ryan just puts his hood up and they're going to try to go right out the front door undetected and they would have gotten away with it too. And Ryan actually does. But Seth, of course, them bumps into the busboy. <laughs> Seth, of course, bumps into the busboy on the way out. And Seth does not offer to help the busboy pick everything up even though this is completely his fault. He just looks down at him and goes, oh, hi, hello there. Yeah. And then starts talking to Luke. <laughs> what an insane move. Um, Seth tries to make some conversation with Luke and the water polos uh, now that everyone knows he's here but this conversation ends the same way all of them do with Luke and that's with Luke saying shut up queer now, at this point Marissa is literally watching her boyfriend be a homophobic dick and I feel like it reflects pretty badly on her for staying with him yeah. but uh, again they are only kids and they've been dating for their whole life or whatever so I'll let it slide a little but uh, Marissa doesn't even really defend Seth here yeah. at least right now and, you know, when earlier in the podcast I had mentioned that Luke is starting to become more interesting, it, it was in the scene when he said that that I was like, oh, this guy. Yeah, you know, you're, you're like, oh, he's very got some depth. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, so um, Seth also can't help but say, at least I don't shave my chest, which I guess Luke is pretty insecure about because he jumps right up. And Seth is like, oh, I said you look good in a sweater vest. It was a compliment. And maybe this is why Luke thinks he's queer, because every time he's rattled, he just tells Luke how good he looks. <laughs> That could be. But I also think he would have jumped up and, like, tried to hit him no matter what he said. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, just when it looks like Luke is going to pick on Seth some more, Ryan comes back in to save the day. And uh, Marissa gives a little half-hearted, like, Luke, don't. But uh, Luke, has a, Luke has a really good insult here, something that all the cool kids were saying uh, back in our high school. What are you, the spokesperson for the Geeks of America? Oof, got him. Wow, that, that was, famous that group. Good, that, was re- that was really good, the Geeks of America. <laughs> the, the good old G of A. <laughs> But this, this sets up iconic moment. We have another iconic moment alert. All right, Brendan? All right. Where Ryan fake laughs at the joke and has a big smile on his face. It was good. And then says, what I like about rich kids? Then loses a smile, punches Luke right in the fucking face, and says, Oof. nothing, and runs out. Oh, ah. man. Like, Such a good all moment. All Luke's lines were so corny, and this was, like, so corny in the best way. It was so, so, so classic. Perfect. Yeah, just good shit. Luke, Luke flies onto the table. Seth and Ryan run out. Seth screams, that was awesome! Yeah. <laughs> As Ryan grabs the bike. I mean, honestly, I keep saying it, but Seth life is so much more fun since Ryan got here, and I get why he needs him to stay at all costs. Yeah, because this is awesome. And uh, as they leave, Mariah, Mar- Mariah, Marissa has her look on her face like, uh, what am I doing with this bozo? Like, you, you can see she's kind oh, of unhappy yeah. here. She she definitely likes Ryan more. Like, it's it's never been more clear to, you know, anyone watching this show. Yeah, they're more of just like uh, they've been made a match by their parents almost sort of thing, and she's like starting to actually have feelings for someone on her own. Right. So uh, back at the model home, Seth is still talking about that moment, reciting Ryan's iconic line. Uh, but Seth wants to redefine himself as upper middle class, since Ryan doesn't like anything about rich kids. But <laughs> that was funny. I don't know. Seth seems pretty rich to me, especially since his mom's like about to give $100,000 away to their neighbor. No questions asked. Yeah, so you're automatically richer than your neighbor, so... If they're rich, then you're I'm richer. I'm saying she has $100,000 of, like, throwing away money. And she's not telling Sandy yeah. about this either. So it's obviously, like, a little enough amount that, like, Sandy presumably won't even notice. That's the crazy part. I thought the same thing, too. She's like, she can do this without him <laughs> seeing the bank account change much. Imagine. Like, man. So Marissa comes back and is, again, like, she's mad that Ryan hit Luke. But first of all, come on. He had it coming. But she keeps coming back to them. Like, she keeps, like, wanting to hang right. out with them, even though she's like, why'd you have to hit Luke? That's all she says, um, too, is like, come on, guys. Yeah. And it was a stupid move, though, because the cashier calls the cops. But 
come on, because of that little punch, like what a fucking narc the cashier is getting the cops involved. I mean, it, it was probably a little bit startling. I, I don't fully blame her. But then for... they ran out. It's not like they stayed in. We're like having a big brawl in the middle of the restaurant. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess what I've never been in that situation do? as a a waitress at a diner. I've never had a fight happen in front yet. of me. Not yet. So, <laughs> um, exactly. And then like Marissa's still there with them. So again, she can't be too mad. And then she does like this classic thing that, you know, I've seen it a lot where these girlfriends with these uh, problematic boyfriends, they love making all these excuses for their problematic boyfriends. Like, I don't know why Luke says those things. He's just protective. And like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure you can be protective without being like a huge dickhead bully. Right, like that situation would have gone down in the exact same way, even if she wasn't there. Right, and like out of nowhere, Seth's mom and Marissa's dad arrive at the model home, and I guess lucky for the kids, they don't notice uh, Ryan's bike or like Marissa's car, which you have to assume Marissa's car would be like right in the driveway, and Ryan's bike, like they mm. they weren't they didn't know anyone was coming, so they wouldn't be hiding these things. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll give them a little bit of credit and assume just in case someone did come by, they parked a little bit further away and put the bike somewhere else. I, I guess. Don't know be so they enter the home uh kirsten like you said earlier she sees the golf ball she blames the contractors which is pretty funny and uh jimmy's loving this place it reminds him of his parents house on elm grove and so they're gonna have some fun recounting their old memories as the kids are like awkwardly listening from the other room because they're like yeah we're, we're, remember when we used to fuck i'm pretty much sure i'm reading between the lines here I'm oh much, definitely yeah i'm pretty sure that's what they're saying right um so uh and also like like i alluded to earlier it's very weird that these two decided to have this conversation here i thought they were getting lunch like i don't know why did they just take a random trip to the model home uh yeah i don't know it, it's it was funny when when uh jimmy had that conversation on the phone and his wife was just like asking him about the check for the alopecia animal <laughs> yeah. and he he's just like he's he's like yeah like please can we go, on, can we go anywhere just i need to be out of yeah, here I, I need to get out of this house please um so uh, Jimmy comes clean. It's been a very tough year. He needs a little bit of a loan. He straight up asks Kurt, not Kirsten, Kirsten for $100,000. And Kirsten right away says, I'll call the bank. N- not even any hesitation there. What a what a big time baller Kirsten yeah. is. Just throwing around money. And, I guess uh, it's like the, that's why she knew immediately when she, because she was the one that, that brought it up. was like, how much money do you need? And like he didn't yeah. say it yet. But I guess she figured if he had an issue, the only issue that could be when you're at that status level is money. And, like, Jimmy says, like, again, half-hearted, no, no, I can't. Which, come on, Jimmy. You called come her up. On. You told her you were in trouble. You asked for the loan. No, now it's you're too gonna much. It's too much. Weak, little weak, half-hearted, oh, no, I can't, I can't. Like, come on, Jimmy. Let's be up front here. All right, all right. Let's make it 150 then. <laughs> Might as well. We're here. <laughs> um, Jimmy promises he'll pay her back, uh, but it's going to take a couple months, and uh, that's okay because Kirsten knows where he lives. So Kirsten can also crack a joke or two here. Um and uh, so she also mentions the new contractors are coming tomorrow to finally finish the job. And a good thing they decided to randomly have this conversation in here because just uh, and then they have this conversation and then just leave right away. Like they have the conversation and then just leave. They're literally just here to have this conversation so that Seth Ryan and Marissa can overhear it. <laughs> That's right. And I really do hope they ate. Really hope they do what? I hope they ate. Oh, yeah, I hope they ate, too. Uh, did you think they were going to start, like, making out at any point in this scene? And no, the kids were going to witness it? It's too early for that. Uh, like Too early for that? Okay. Yeah, but like, it's still strange because, like, you have this, this tension, and maybe that's what's going to help drag it out so long, is, like, is Kirsten's relationship with Sandy seems pretty good. Um, yes. Jimmy makes more sense, but uh, I don't know. Maybe there's, there's obviously something here, um, but it's just it's interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see this play out. 
Um, so Seth asks Marissa if she's okay after hearing all that, which is the nicest thing I think he's ever said to her. Yes, he, they're becoming real friends. Yeah. And uh, Ryan is realizing that he has to leave tomorrow because that's when the new contractors are coming. So uh, we cut to Seth buying a bus ticket to Austin on his computer. And Sandy walks in and lets Seth know that they found Ryan or at least someone who meets his description because of the fight down at the pier. And, uh, you know, like I said, bad, bad idea. It would have never happened if Seth just got the food and brought it back. Yep. But, so Sandy tells him they can probably find him before the authorities do. And Seth is in a tough spot here because he's about to meet up with Ryan. So he's trying to get out of it. But Sandy's like... Seth, he's your friend. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you, why are you trying to yeah, go somewhere yeah. else instead of helping with this? Sandy really is trying to do the right thing all episode. Yeah, and, and Seth's hands are tied. He's got to do this with him. All right. So uh, Marissa has finally made it to Holly's party. And, uh, you know, Ho- Holly Holly the Sanchez of the group throwing the party every night. <laughs> and uh, Summer wants to know what's up with Marissa. And Marissa wants to know if she's ever stopped to think what her life looks like from someone else's eyes. And uh, Marissa getting a good lesson in empathy ever since Ryan came to town. Oh, yeah. But imagine if someone did ask you what was going on. You've been a little down, and then they ask you what's going on, and you just you don't <laughs> you don't say like just oh nothing I'm I'm all right. If you just give them that answer instead, <laughs> it's like, I'd have the same uh, reaction as Summer. Like yeah. what? You're right. Um, another maybe sub average episode for Summer as she still isn't as iconic as she should be. But again, I love that she is always down to party, and like I was saying, kind of the me of our friend group. <laughs> yes, she very much is. Always running around like crazy, having these great one liners. Oh, thank you. That, that's how I want people to remember me. Yeah. Um, so Luke's boys want to find Ryan's trailer park and burn it to the ground. A oh, little foreshadowing here. They will burn something to the ground. Oh, yeah. And uh, that, that's when this crew has such a bizarre conversation. Like, Summer asks, who that? And I, I guess this is what the writers think that um, high schoolers sound like when they talk to each other. And maybe they did in 2003. I was only that nine, could be. so I, I didn't, maybe I didn't know the cool lingo. But Summer's like, who that? And Luke's friend is like, that freak from Chino. He was all up in Luke's grill. <laughs> to which <laughs> to which summer of course replies with maybe he's on oxycontin oxycontin this is, is so gnarly <laughs> <laughs> it must have been such a new drug at the time that's very funny <laughs> what the hell is going on here also how much experience does summer have with oxy <laughs> they make it sound like it's like bath salt or something <laughs> yeah. maybe he's on oxycontin oxycontin yeah, is, is gnarly i know, well, let's I know so much about oxycontin <laughs> <laughs> you think they would know because I, the, in the last party they were all coked up yeah, true. I mean, I'm sure they can get some if they oh, want. Yeah. Uh, Luke sees Ryan. If oh, Luke says if he sees Ryan again, he's going to beat his ass. And then again, his friend jumps in with, "Yeah, run him out of Newport for show." And his friends <laughs> for are such show. Like I, I hate every last one of them. <laughs> can Luke even beat Ryan's ass if he wanted to? He's had multiple chances, and like the only uh, time he got one over on him is when they or like had the five on two. Um, yeah, I guess he, he does the win the fight uh, later in this episode in in the big. Uh, but again, three on in one in the big. It's true. It was there on when his friends do jump in eventually. Um, so uh, Marissa clearly does not like what she's hearing and goes to leave. She tells Luke he knows nothing about Ryan and storms out. It's about damn time, Marissa. Oh, there you go, Lizzo. <laughs> um, so back to Sandy and Seth. Sandy is clearly uh, concerned they haven't found him. And Seth tells him, you know, maybe Ryan Ryan's better off on his own anyway. He's like, if we find him, then what? Then if he's very lucky, he gets to go back with his mom, I would run away too. And uh, gotta say, Seth is completely right here. Mm-hmm. Right, Sethy boy, smarty, smarty. And Beth's best case scenario is, like, having to live with your mom and AJ again. Like, yeah, I'd run away too. How are you even going to find them? Yeah, who knows? There's no plan for that. Um, I-, I love how Ryan comes to town and everyone just immediately loves him and wants to protect him at all costs or completely hates him and wants <laughs> yeah, to kill him. Very There's no in-between. No. <laughs> 
he's the most polarizing person that's ever come to town. Amazing to be so polarizing when you say so little, too. Exactly. Like, I, I, that's what it is. I think he comes in, he says nothing, he's mysterious, and people just recognize him as a threat automatically because he has that power where people just love him so much. The people that are, you know, it's got to be jealousy. Like, they're jealous of him, and they're like, okay, I have to take this guy down a few pegs. He's from Chino, after all. Right. Why is this guy so damn cool? He's got, got not a care in the world. I mean, even uh, Marissa in the scene, too, she's like, you don't even know him. I'm like, but do you, exactly. know, do you know him? Like. <laughs> Better than Luke, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so Sandy wants Seth to promise never to run away, and if he does, Sandy's coming with him. Uh, they they clearly have a very close relationship here, father and son. It's very it's very sweet. San- Sandy what that's like. overall, like I'm I'm kind of glad we're naming the pot after him so far. So far, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he is the main adult. Like, mm-hmm. I, as he said in the first episode, we could do worse. We could do worse. We could have Rufus instead. Exactly. God, don't bring him in there. <laughs> Never will we ever start a podcast called The Rufus Boys. <laughs> You'd be kidding yourself. And we get so, a lot uh, of requests that we scene- do. Oh, yeah, so many. So Ryan is lighting a candle, and we have a lot to uh, unpack here. Boy. First of all, we are finally justified in this being a strict anti-candle yeah. podcast. Thank God. This is what happens when you have We've too been many them. candles. We've been warning they everyone. You didn't even know this happens, and you've been warning people. <laughs> It's like, and these weren't even like the long, crazy ones that we get in Gossip Girl. No, these were but the shorties. So many of them. There's yeah. so many goddamn candles in this. Yeah. Where did they get all these candles? Oh, and the one thing I will say is he does not have electricity in this house, so I that sort of true. understand it. Right. No, that that is true. But, um, Seth didn't think to bring toilet paper, but he brought eight thousand candles. <laughs> It'd be funny if this scene instead, like the way it went down, it didn't catch fire on like that curtain. Um, but he actually went out to the store by himself and finally stocked up on toilet paper. And then all the toilet paper caught on fire. <laughs> oh, man. What a what an O. Henry twist there at the, at the end. <laughs> um, and then also, um, Hallelujah is playing. Interesting choice for Marissa to include yeah, on punk. the mixtape. But yeah, very, very punk. I love it. The Jeff Buckley version of Hallelujah is so fucking good. Yeah. And um, again, not to spoil anything, but this will definitely not be the last time the OC uses this song. And every time they do use Hallelujah, it is used to absolute perfection. Another classic. Okay, good to know. So it, it's, it's a bop. foreshadowing. Cool. Yes. Uh, there are so many goddamn candles in this house. They're literally everywhere. Um, Marissa enters and tells Ryan that this song reminds her of him. Like, okay, but why? Like, I don't, What about, like, the lyrics remind her of Ryan? Um, he, is, he's uh, her savior or something? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Um, very telling that Marissa ditched Luke to come hang out with Ryan on his last oh, day. Oh, yeah. Um, so Basically begging to bone. Oh, yeah, for sure. And this scene, there's so much tension in this scene. I, I love this scene. He says he's leaving to... Oh, uh, Marissa says, he, you know, he's leaving tomorrow, and what if they never, you know, dot, dot, dot. Ooh. And uh, so much unsaid, so much said in that silence there yes. where she uh, trails off, and she wants to spend the night. Um, Marissa, very clearly wow. emotionally cheating on Luke here. Yeah. But uh, who cares because Luke is garbage, in my opinion. I'm with you there. And also, like, she puts this on the table, and Ryan doesn't even take it because he's a stand-up guy. Again, what a good guy. Yeah, Ryan says she can't stay because if uh, she stays the night, he's not going to be able to leave the next day. Uh, so, yeah. uh, and Hallelujah is playing. You know, it goes like it goes like this: the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, and the major lift. Baffled yeah. King composing Hallelujah. Um, we we get the uh, we get the classic motif of a Josh Schwartz show where Ryan says they're just from different worlds. As we're getting the Hallelujah chorus in the background, it's 
very sad. It gives me chills and everything. And Ryan tells her to, to go, and she literally runs out to her car, and the second verse kicks in. And um, as we leave, we see that Luke must have followed her because the water polo team is there in Luke's huge fucking truck just watching all of this go down as Ryan comes outside. So they also know that Ryan is involved. Yes, this is this is a, a classic scene. Like I know I haven't always seen Such two episodes, scene. but it's a classic scene of this show. It's a classic scene of television. This is just... If this is what I'm going to have to come to expect from the show, it's just like, this is too good. It's, it's great. Classic scene, very well scored. Uh, Marissa could be a little bit better of an actor, but, you know, not that doesn't take me out of it too much. Yeah, I, I, I never really, am really taken out of scenes like this um, with teens, especially because I, I guess I give them a little bit of a pass for being young. Especially if they're not, like, child actors, then right. they didn't grow up doing this, and they're just like, oh, okay, like, I actually went to high school, and I do this now in my early 20s. So you know, they're allowed to be halfway decent, and like think about Marissa. you in a situation as like an actual teen in high school. Like, would would you be um, perfectly animated in all the right spots? Like, I, I don't think she was that bad. All right, big Marissa defender here. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, Marissa was a little bit of a child actor. She had a uh, uh-huh. one of my favorite scenes in uh, The Sixth Sense. Okay, never mind. She's bad then. <laughs> um. So. Kirsten calls her bank. Real ride or die for Jimmy. She's transferring her money in the middle of the night. Like, she does not make him wait at all. Yeah. And uh, I also see Sandy and Seth driving, along with Marissa driving and crying, as the song continues to play and we fade out. Again, a pretty perfect scene. Yeah. It, it, uh, Kirsten's relationship still, like, intrigues Alleluia. me a lot. I mean, like, usually with these sort of <laughs> emotional cheating uh, situations, like, she's not there quite yet. But... You would think Hallelujah. Sandy, he, Jimmy would be on Sandy's radar somehow. Like, I feel like he's not worried at all, and seemingly he should be. Um, think of how much better our podcast would be if it was scored by Hallelujah. <laughs> or each time one of us is speaking, the other one has to pick up where the other one left <laughs> off and sing back and forth. This must be, like, uh, when I was podcasting with High School Musical with Matt Lagorian, every time I try to speak, he just keeps singing the songs. <laughs> yeah. that's Actually, that, that's exactly what I was describing. That is how that one went. Um, so, yeah, I, I was too busy focusing on my perfect singing, Hallelujah, to actually hear what you were saying. But that's fine. I'm sure you made a really good point. It was um, great. Well, I mean, it's something that we will probably touch on when more of it happens. It's more just me speculating like, the interesting dynamic between like the love triangle of Sandy, Jimmy, and Kirsten. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure we will touch on that more. Um, so Luke and the boys enter the model home. Luke is sort of like understandably very pissed about what's going on between Ryan and his girlfriend. Um, honestly, if he would have just let Ryan leave on a bus, Ryan's plan is to leave on a bus the next morning and go to Austin, Texas. If Luke just lets him do that, then he would be out of his hair forever and none of this would have ever happened. So Luke kind of unintentionally keeps this show going now because now Ryan can't just run away because he gets taken in from the police at the end of the episode. Yeah. That's right, Lukey. You fucked Ryan's up. like, yeah, he's like, bus ticket, you're not going anywhere. But, Luke, you want Ryan to go right. somewhere. This is what you want. Unless you actually wanted to kill this guy, which it seems like you might have. Oh, unless he had that last second change of heart there. Um, right. So he does threaten to kill Ryan, and obviously Ryan's not scared of him, so he tells him to bring it on, and Luke shoves Ryan, and immediately a candle falls and lights something on fire, uh, the curtain, and soon after, the whole house is starting to burst into pl- flames, and this is why we don't fuck with candles that is right if you're ever in an abandoned model home just you know what deal with the nighttime don't bring in those candles not this is what'll happen and so luke and ryan are going to have this very epic fight scene while the house that they're in is starting to go up in flames um 
what was the the, the better uh, fight scene amongst flames? This or uh, episode three of Star Wars? Hmm. I can see the comparison, and I think a lot of people <laughs> do this sort of thing. Um, I I want to say maybe Star Wars by a hair. I thought you were going to say, I can see the comparison, and a lot of people do compare these two scenes. They do, yeah, that, that's kind of what I was saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, fun tidbit that I learned from IMDb. During the filming of the Ryan Luke fight scene in the model home, Benjamin McKenzie was supposed to fake trip, but he actually tripped and ended up falling through a real window. Whoa, some good accidental acting. Luckily, because of the leather jacket Ben was wearing for the scene, he was unhurt by the broken glass. <laughs> okay. Um, not to get too far off topic immediately, but, uh, recently was, was reminiscing about, uh, a college party. I don't think you were at this party, but you, you had been at this house in New Paltz with us. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> yeah, whenever, whenever you're not interested, just sing. <laughs> um, back when the, when twerking was in, uh, I was wow, at a house party. Yeah. And I, I, I put my feet up against, I was doing like a, a handstand twerk. So I was, I put my feet up against the wall my hands on the ground and I was doing like an upside down twerk but my feet were actually not on a wall they were on a window and both feet went <laughs> clean through the window and they had, no! to pull, they, had, they had to pull me back into the house oh my god yeah. that's a disaster and the luckily the person who was renting was so drunk that she just thought it was hysterical and I got to leave unscathed wow to go further off topic remember when I fell through your ceiling <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the the funniest things you, has probably you ever said happened. That your feet went when your feet went through something. That was the first thing my mind went to. Yeah. And I wish I could have seen what it looked like on the other side. Imagine you're just laying on your bed, like reading a book, and someone's foot <laughs> breaks through your ceiling. Well, because my first foot went through, and then stupid me thought, like, I'll get out with my other foot, and then stomped there, and that one just went through. Not to mention Sanchez again, but he was the only one who noticed in the moment. And what it was was to get that stupid tape ball you were playing with. Playing baseball with, yeah, in the attic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, where were we? Um, so more candles are falling over. There's more fire. Luke's boys are now jumping in. Uh, and they realize they're fucked with all this fire and run out of the model home. But Luke may have at least a little bit of a heart as he decides he can't leave Ryan there to die and goes back to get him. So a low bar for Luke so far is yeah, right? he like, won't let Ryan die. I was die, like, yeah, but... oh, that's good for him. And I was like, wait a second. Yeah. But, no, he did all this. <laughs> Yeah, Luke drags Ryan out of the burning building and saves his life. Uh, he doesn't invite him into the car, but he does shout run at him before driving away. <laughs> like, Ryan is laying there in pain, and he just looks at him and goes, run! And yeah, and, and it's all him. only to save himself, so it's not like he's yeah. being a good guy. He just doesn't want to get in trouble for murder. Well, did this redeem Luke at all for you? No, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, he okay. he's, he okay. gets more... This is the, the pathway to the complexity of him this episode. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, Josh Schwartz has said that he always planned on having Luke save Ryan's life in episode two. I, I guess just to ha like have some kind of depth to the main antagonist, and, and it does make their relationship more interesting. Right, instead of him just be being a typecast bully. Right. So, I mean, if he's going to be on a uh, main cast, he can't just be, uh, you know, giving people swirlies every episode. Right, and screaming queer every episode. <laughs> yeah, although he will try. <laughs> so uh, Jimmy's on the couch. Julie comes over. She thought basketball season was over. I thought basketball season was over. Um, he's... <laughs> <laughs> that's good uh, thank you thank you 
Uh, he's watching some ESPN Classics, which you'll discover is Jimmy's favorite channel. This man is always watching old basketball games. Like, imagine having the kind of time with, like, the 20 million TV shows that are on these days. Oh, my just God. watch old basketball games. I thought about that. Like, what so, a nightmare. Like, this guy is enjoying the shit out of that game. He has got a beer open as if it's a real sport. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow, basketball, not a real sport. I mean, like, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's been over for how many years? Like, I couldn't really sit and, like, pretend to, oh. like, not know what happened I mean, or, like, get excited I mean, about it. you should it. say how many... Sorry, I'm completely cutting you off, but uh, I was going to say, funny you should say how many years, because he's about to say something very controversial here. He's waxing poetic about the 1986 finals, Uh-oh. and then and then tells Julie that he took care of the thing he was worried about. Of course, uh, he fails to mention it's because their good friend Kirsten had just loaned him 100 k but let me tell you, it's a, a firestorm. People were enraged about this scene, because um, I, I was looking in the on the wiki, in the blooper section, this comes up, and then there's a blooper section on the IMDb page as well. There's six bloopers. Four of them have to do with this line from really? Jimmy. So what, what do we got? So, there is so much wrong with what happens here. So Jimmy says 1986 instead of 1988. Doesn't really. Jimmy in the scene, you can clearly hear him say, you can clearly see his lips say 1988. It's clearly dubbed over that he says 1986. So that's like the first mistake is you can clearly notice the dubbing. Then, Wait, so they dubbed it to um, be wrong? dubbed it to be wrong there's so many layers to this brendan hold on tight so they dubbed it to be wrong so now he says 1986 so now on top of this being a noticeable dub you there's now the fact that it's a factual error where this was not the 1986 finals it was the 1988 finals which ironically he did say in the scene so he was right but so this was most likely changed due to the age of marissa because they're talking about uh julie being pregnant with marissa mm. so they change it to that 1986 so that it lines up properly to Julie being pregnant with Marissa. But this causes another error because that means Marissa is 17 in this scene. But again, even though the the ages of the characters are an ongoing continuity error where Marissa is not going to be 17 even at points in this season, they're going to be 15-year-old sophomores. So there's just so much wrong with this one scene and there are so many blooper entries just about this. So I I hope you got all that. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm hanging on. But it's just interesting that they added all these unnecessary details to the scene yeah. to then fuck themselves <laughs> over in four different ways. Right, where if they just stuck with, this is the 1988 finals, no one would have ever noticed. Right. <laughs> interesting. Um, <laughs> oh, anyway, speaking of Marissa, she comes home and is clearly not in a good mood, so Jimmy goes to talk to her. Uh, oh, yeah, I just Jimmy want to, also to point come- out that it's, it, when I saw him like with the beer up and watching TV, it was like I thought it was so funny that he was now so relaxed from getting this loan he's like i did yeah. it like imagine you could just like get yeah. cost a hundred thousand dollars celebratory beer, beer yeah. <laughs> you don't deserve that <laughs> so uh jimmy tries to comfort marissa and this show will fool you into thinking oh jimmy's a good dad so he can't be that terrible of a guy but do not be fooled he fucking sucks wow <laughs> i will i will always tell you i hate jimmy cooper okay uh, he does give marissa a big hug and tells her that she can tell him what's going on because they tell each other everything and marissa says do we oof burn God, he seems like the kind of dad that will try and be good when it's convenient for him. Yeah. Um. So weird that he doesn't answer her question, like Dewey, or, or like yeah. ask why she said that or anything. He just says nothing. He's like, hmm, you know something. <laughs> so uh, Sandy gets a phone call while driving, but uh, we don't see who's on the other line. So more on that later. Uh, because first, Luke is back at the party. He finds a very wasted summer and wants to know if Marissa came back. Like I said, sort of the me of the group this summer, who is just uh. M- Way too wasted at this point. In the night. <laughs> um, uh, again, I love that Summer just loves getting wasted and having a good time, and I love that the high schoolers behave like high schoolers in the show. Again, yeah. it's so it's so refreshing. She's a great drunk. Um, 
this is this Absolutely. is the scene for me that won me over completely. Oh, I like that. I'm very happy yeah. to hear that. Because she goes, uh, uh, I don't know if you're going to say it or not, but she, he's, she's like, you smell like smoke. And then he's like, oh, yeah, we, we just hotboxed in our buddy's car. And then she's like, why didn't you invite me? <laughs> like something along <laughs> yeah, exactly. those lines. Yeah, pretty much something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Luke's boy out of nowhere here is having some worries. After they've already fled the scene and gone back to the house, uh, he's now having some worries about the condition they left Ryan in. Yeah, he's like, uh, you should be worried that like that kid might be fucking dead. Yeah, exactly. So they left him like two feet away from a burning building. Yeah, and then even after, yeah, <laughs> but he was he was dead meat in the building, and then when they dragged him out, he like they were still unsure of his breathing patterns. Right. So uh, Sandy, Seth, and Kirsten arrive at the model home. It is burnt to a crisp, and Kirsten thinks that the house must be cursed. Uh, she asks the authorities what happened, and he tells her that they don't know, but it looks like someone's been living there. And Seth immediately comes clean and says, uh, "This is my fault." Yeah, yeah, there's nothing else you could do at this point. Yeah, like their goose has been cooked, so, so to say. <laughs> and I make a mean goose. Um, mean goose. <laughs> yeah, mean goose. <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, the French call it. I mean, I make a mean goose. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds really nasty. They call me the goose bus. <laughs> so um, Ryan's trying to hitch a ride here. Uh, have you ever hitched a ride or pitched up, picked up a hitchhiker? I. Mm, oh. The first, definitely not. The second, it, I think my family has done that before. Honestly, knowing knowing the Ruppels, I, I, I swear we we have picked up somebody in our our van with like the wood panels on the side. Amazing. Yeah. I was gonna think maybe it happened in New Paltz because I feel like if you could get away with picking up any hitchhikers anywhere, it would be New oh, Paltz, yeah, like famously freaks. the friendliest place in America. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Ryan's able to hitch a ride, and it's with Luke of all people. He came back to make sure Ryan was okay. Um, did this redeem Luke at all for you? In the moment, I was like, oh, okay, this is something. But then I, I keep having to remind myself, like, what he did to get himself here. And yeah. this also could be more of him trying to cover himself up. I don't think he's just checking up because he feels bad. And even if it is, it's more him just being like, ah, did I kill this guy or is he is he still alive? Just trying <laughs> yeah. to cover his own ass. Yeah, he, d- he does draw the line at, um, I guess this would be kind of like manslaughter. So at least that's good. Um, yeah. Uh, he also tells Ryan if they both keep their mouths shut, they may never know it was them. Uh, we'll see how well that plan works out, especially <laughs> especially since it would require Seth to also keep his mouth shut, which he already is not. Yep. So uh, Ryan just hops in Luke's car and tells him that uh, he's giving him a ride. Baller move by Ryan here. Yeah, very good. I mean, he, he kind of asks where he's going earlier, and he's like, I don't know. But then he's like, I don't care where I'm going. Fucking drive me somewhere. Yeah, you're, you're driving me, though. That's yeah. the least you can do here. So. Back in Seth's room, Seth is telling Sandy the whole story. Uh, he doesn't know how the house burned down, but Ryan was living there because he didn't want to go to a foster home, and he didn't want uh, Seth didn't want him to leave either. So again, the Seth Ryan friendship continues to be a beautiful thing, and Seth is so upset that his parents have forced him to live amongst these terrible people his whole life, and then as soon as he meets a cool person, they kick him out of the house. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing that like this actually is heard by Sandy because he he doesn't yeah. get like furious. He's just like. Yeah, I, he doesn't say anything, but like the fact that he doesn't freak out means that he understands where he's coming from. Of course, yeah. Call Seth a spoiled brat all you want, but this is exactly how I would be acting too. Yeah, me too. Uh, so Sandy just tells Seth that you know he did the best he could, and that the police want to ask some questions. So they come outside. The same cop is there and is ready to interrogate Seth. But at that moment, Luke and Ryan show up. Ursa looks so confused. Uh, Ryan looks like he has seen better days. He, he is yeah. like he's got like two black eyes. He's got like burn Constant marks. Like, yeah, he, yeah. Uh, 
The first thing Ryan does is tell the Coen's sorry. So it's such a polite boy. Like even before <laughs> trying to save himself or anything, he's gonna make sure he apologizes to the Coens. Yeah, yeah. He could, he could be a, a bigger dick and just walk up and be like, "I'm fucking back." But he apologizes. Fucking back, baby. <laughs> he apologizes immediately instead. Imagine this uh, is the, co- our Ryan. Like he's the same way all episode long, and then like this is like the big character <laughs> change. Oh, fucking back. <laughs> so uh, the cop says Ryan's name, and he immediately, like Ryan, immediately puts his hands behind his back, like he's done this before. And uh, they are going to take Sad. him into the station. And Luke is just standing there, but then out of nowhere, he says, "It was an accident." He tells them he knows this because he was also there. Good for Luke, who also gets a handcuff treatment. Did this redeem Luke at all for you? See, I, this also to me was him like being stupid. I don't think he meant to like just do it in solidarity it was more just him being like ah i spoke too much i guess i'll just uh, instead of lying i'll say yeah i was there well he does say that it was an accident so that yeah, they, yeah. so that they know that ryan didn't burn down the house on purpose and then they like give him an out they say how do you know were you there luke could have like ryan's not gonna say anything ryan yeah, yeah, ryan I mean, knows that especially like his status too he could have gotten away with just saying like oh no yeah. i wasn't there yeah you're right because said no, uh, he said what Seth said. Uh, no, it's, it's just what I heard. Like it's just uh, I'm yeah, just guessing. Yeah, yeah. Um, he does say that yes, he was there. He does uh, does come clean about that. And so Sandy tells the officer officer that he's Ryan's attorney and not to ask him any questions unless he's present. I'm sure the police will gladly listen to that request and not try to coax a bullshit confession out of him before his lawyer gets there. Um, so nothing to worry about there. <laughs> um, and. He, Sandy warns both Ryan and Luke to keep their mouths shut until he gets there. Again, because the cops will try to trick you into confessing. So yeah. just thank good. God Sandy is like making sure they do not open their mouths. Yeah, good thing. Um, I know I said last episode that Sandy doesn't really have a catchphrase, but for all intents and purposes, this is pretty much Sandy's catchphrase. He's always saying, I'm his lawyer. Don't talk until we get there. Oh, Don't really? Don't talk until okay. we get there. That's good. He says that a lot to, not again, Not that, I'm not spoiling anything, but you know. Obviously, this is a teen drama. Some dramatic yeah. things will happen, and, and he's Sandy's always gonna. And he will be a lawyer for everyone. Like Sandy is everyone's lawyer, and it is never like specified exactly what kind of law. He's right. Specif- like he specifies in, he does but, it all. Uh, or specializes in, but he like anything that they need law help yeah. for. Sandy's there, <laughs> kind of like in Friday Night Lights, where uh, Coach Taylor serves as the coach for everyone in the show. Sandy serves as the lawyer for everyone in the show. Makes sense. So uh, that's our episode. I, I'm I'm gonna need some predictions mm. here. What's gonna happen to Ryan? What's gonna happen to Luke? This is tough because I I don't know enough about their world yet to know like where they would go next. But um, I couldn't see Ryan really be wanted now in the the Sandy the Cohen household. So Sandy household. Sandy household. It's um, pretty Sandy. I mean, he surfs all the time, so he's probably tracking in some. Oh, sand absolutely. Uh, Soon he's gonna have like some Sandy hair. Was he's gonna start getting some gray in there? So. Oh boy! Oh yeah, but uh, I don't know. I, I I couldn't see him going right back to the to the house. But like, where else is he gonna go? Because he, he right, especially he said, since he just burnt it down, Kirsten's yeah. home. Yeah, like they just that like, she was just, planning on selling. Yeah, and then Sandy just saw him like, what's gonna happen when I try and take you to the foster care again? You're gonna pull right. something like this. Like, I don't want that to happen. So maybe he does just um, get invited back to the the house like, on, under extreme watch. Uh, Luke probably nothing. I mean, he's he's uh <laughs> yeah, he's gonna go right back to where he was. Um. Anything else you can predict? I don't know what what else happened in this episode. Do you have any other uh, uh, with, with the parents stuff? Predictions? Um, maybe Sandy does see the hundred dollar charge, hundred hundred dollars, hundred thousand dollar charge. Kirsten, uh, oh, you giving a hundred dollars? But imagine that with like the lunch meetup too. It's like I I didn't want to ask for this, but can I can I have a hundred bucks? Like, are you sure? That's it. That's it? <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, I have that on me. <laughs> this is what he was hyperventilating about. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the two of them. So far, it seems like nothing physical. Like we're not we're not there yet. So more just like weird sneaking around with, with in lunches and stuff. Right. Uh, I'm just I'm waiting for Sandy to, to be curious about it, though. Right. Um, so let's get into some segments. We had so much banter in this episode, and we're still right around the 90-minute mark. So yeah, pretty I, good. Good for us. Yeah. Um, so our old friend Comedy Fan is back to review yeah, yeah, yeah. The Model Home. Gave it a 7 out of 10. Whatever happened to Martha Wilcox? Says, Where's she been? I don't know. She was very big in season one of Gossip Girl, and then she really fell off. Yeah. Um. So Comedy Fan says... Now that his mother took off, Ryan will have to live in a foster home or a group home, so he decides to take off. Seth helps him out and comes up with the idea of Ryan staying in his mother's model home. Marissa helps him out, too. When Luke finds it out, he fights with Ryan, and the house burns down, and he come, but he comes for Ryan's help. The second episode is sure better than the first. It didn't have too many bad moments. Oh. The exception was the conversation of Marissa and Ryan. Cringe! So overdramatic, so horribly written, wow. so badly Whoa. acted. The two, should, the two should not be doing CNC, oh although I have a feeling there will be way more. Rachel Bilson, who plays Summer, is pretty awful, too. But luckily, there isn't much of her. Jeez. Wow. Adam Brody continued being a great Seth. My favorite character so far. Was also interesting to see Kirsten and Jimmy talking. They seem to have a past. Yeah, no shit. And the, best <laughs> part, and the best part was Luke helping Ryan out of the burning home and defending him to the police. Kind of acted out of character what I imagined him to be. <laughs> yeah, I don't like uh, Comedy Fan for this series. <laughs> yeah, Comedy Fan has some opinions here. Yeah, very, very hard opinions. Next week, the episode is called The Gamble. Any predictions based on the episode? I, which I, I would have to say these, you can do a lot better with predictions based on episode titles yeah. in this show than okay. in Gossip Girl. The Gamble. Hmm. Well, first with that house full of models and now all this gambling, I wonder. Maybe they go to a casino or something. Maybe, maybe. Uh, so the little preview says, Kirsten takes temporary custody of Ryan. Ryan's mom gets drunk. Oh, Oh, how about that? I thought, I, when I, you said I, I didn't register Ryan, I thought you said because I, I was thinking maybe it's Seth's mom because he gets taken back in. But now, I, now I know what you mean. That that makes more sense. Okay. I hope we see Kirsten get shit faced one day, though. I, I hope so. I, I hope so too. You yeah. never you never know. I mean these 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 noopsies they do love to drink, so I'm sure we'll we'll get that sure in do. the future. Um. All right, let's get into episode grades. I went first last week, so you go first for this episode. What are you giving the second episode hmm. of the OC? You know, we, we had this with Gossip Girl as well, where like the I think the first three episodes of the series were boom, 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 like all hits. And mm-hmm. so far, we're on the same path with the OC. This this episode, I thought, would have a bigger drop-off from like the, the perfect, uh, almost like lost status uh, pilot we had. Just, just all, all timer, and uh, episode two picks right up with the action and does a great job of continuing it by leaving us off and such. Like, may, maybe the episode could have wrapped up a little bit better, but like the way the series is going, I'm like, well, if I just could watch the next episode, it wouldn't have been a bigger deal. Um, but I couldn't because I have strict rules. But uh, <laughs> otherwise, close to perfect. Uh, I won't say it's as good as last week, but I'm not gonna give it an A minus just for that. So A, A all the way. Wow, you are giving another A here to yeah. start off very strong. All right, so me, I think obviously, I mean, again, another great episode. Obviously, not 
as good as the pilot. And then much like with Gossip Girl, I love both episodes one and three, where episode two is in the middle, uh, uh, which I think not as good as either one on the side, but still get like, I gave Gossip Girl episode two an A minus. Um, so we'll see if I go Whoa. quite as high with uh, OC episode two. But I, the only thing with this, I think it starts off a little slow, but then the second half is really good. And the last 10 to 12 minutes is some really strong stuff. Yeah. Like the Ryan and Marissa scene with Hallelujah playing, the Sandy Seth heart to heart, the action packed Ryan and Luke fight, and uh, the ma- the dramatic confessions at the end. Uh, it also has the classic Ryan Atwood um, line earlier in the episode. So uh, with all that, um, I'm not going to be as high as you. I'm, I'm going to go as high as a... Wow, that, that was killing me. You, you, you cut off at... I'm going to go with a... <laughs> yeah, um, so what happened was I dropped my phone and then I <laughs> and I like jostled the mic. There should be an easier way that, that I could just like just get right back into like having like my microphone's still on. I shouldn't have yeah, to leave think. the thing and come back in. Yeah, so that was annoying. So yeah, I dropped my phone because I was about to punch it into the notes. But uh, anyway, I will go as high as a B plus for this episode. I will not... I, I didn't think it was... A level, and I will not go quite as high as an A minus. So, uh, still, um, very good episode. B plus is a very good grade. So, uh, nothing to sneeze at there. Let's go to the MVPs. Brendan, who is your MVP of the episode? Hmm, this is a tough one. Um, I, I don't want to just go Ryan again because he's the most entertaining to me on screen. Um, maybe. Sandy's also a good one. There's, there's a lot of uh, good people here. There's a lot of bad people here. Uh, do, do we, can you r- remind me who I gave last week? Did I give her? I gave a Ryan, right? Did you give it to Ryan? You gave Ryan right. the MVP and Luke the LVP. So I'll go with Sandy. He's always he's always doing his best to look out for this kid. He sees a lot of him in himself, um, and he he just wants to do the best he can for the, for the guy. And he wants so badly to keep him at the house, but his annoying wife won't let him. Hopefully that'll change soon. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Sandy, for being the best. Okay, great. So, yeah, not a huge standout for this episode, but I was really torn between Sandy and Marissa, and yeah. I, I agree. I think I think Sandy really tried to do everything right in this episode with uh, trying to help Ryan while also being a good father to Seth. Um, so I'm glad you gave him an MVP because now I'll 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 take the opportunity to give Marissa her first MVP. Uh, there's something about Marissa that really charmed me in this episode. Yeah, no, I liked and, her a lot. Um, yeah, like so, Marissa and Serena are like obviously the comparison when uh, comparing the show to Gossip Girl, uh, and in that same mold, they're kind of both my least favorites of the main groups. I'm mm-hmm. um, not counting Vanessa, of course, who isn't really in, in right. the group. Um, but I've always felt that if I had to choose one over the other, I would actually like Marissa's character a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, as you watch the show, you can either agree or disagree. Sure. But with me, I, I felt that Serena is definitely the more charming character. But Marissa is the character that, to me, is way more relatable. And even though she isn't my favorite, I'm still always rooting for Marissa, yeah. which is important. Where Serena, I'm not necessarily always rooting for her. So, and But in this episode... I also thought she had some charm. Like, I, I like Serena yeah. was a charming one, but Marissa had some charm in this one. She, she used my other she option, too. And, yeah, she was going back and forth with Seth. She was flirty with Ryan. Uh, and it took her a lot while, but she finally did tell Luke that he was being a jerk and uh, left him to go hang out with Ryan. Plus, she brought the toilet paper to the model home. Sure did. And, and that goes to say about her. Uh, Gossip Girl, they you also like Serena her. a lot more in the early episodes, just like yes. Marissa is here. Yes. Um... So I'm giving it to Marissa, and let's do the LVPs. Brendan, who's getting your LVP? I, I hate to do it twice in a row, but Luke has to be the LVP because of all wow, of the Luke-y homophobia B. and uh, the manslaughter. So, 
he got punched in the face in the in the diner. Yeah, I, I just uh, bad bad guy. So, kind of on the on the opposite end here, I I really hate to do this, and I feel like I'm I'm kicking him while he's down, and uh, I may yeah. never do this again. I have to give my LVP to Ryan, which really kills me, especially since I just gave him an MVP last week. We both did. Wow, you cancel it out. Who was the one who lit all those candles? And if we are going to be the number one anti-candle podcast, I feel like I have to put my money where my mouth is. Yeah. This is the danger of lighting too many candles. And Ryan really demonstrated the worst-case scenario with this. So, as a wise man once said, Ryan Atwood lit the match that caused the fire that killed my model home. You know what I'm referencing there? I don't. Oh, man. Shutter Island. Ah, damn it. And you did the accent, famously, too. Famously, my 20th favorite movie right, of all time. If you give me another second, maybe. Oh, damn it. I'm so mad at myself now. Andrew Latus lit the match that caused the fire that killed my oh, wife. Oh, man, chills. I mean, that was a great reference by me. That was Madison. great. That was really good. You had a lot of good ones today, too. Um, I, I get it. I'm glad you're taking that stance for us as a group. Um, Look, and he's still in the net, in the net positive here because we both gave him an MVP last week. Right. So even if we subtract one with my LVP, he's still he's still in the uh, in the red. Is that the good one? No, the, the black, the blue. No, I don't think that's a thing. I don't know. Really showing our ass bad. here with this. Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so the, he's in the black then. Sure. Okay. Bound off in the comments. <laughs> Okay, well, that, that about does it. I'm still a little upset, but uh, we'll move past it. Well, hopefully we can cheer you up with some Lonely Boys Theater! You are now listening to Sandy Boys Theater. All cheered up. People are cheering for us, wow. So we are going to do that great scene where uh, Hallelujah is playing in the background. And if we had a third person, that person would be singing Hallelujah in the background. But with Marissa and Ryan, and Marissa is trying to get Ryan to stay, and Ryan knows that he cannot. So um, do we stick with it, you being Marissa and me being Ryan again? I think so. All right, you start it off. This song reminds me of Shrek. <laughs> me too. I love that movie. I've always loved that movie. It just came out two years ago, but like it's my favorite. Anyway, I thought you were with Luke. I was. Hesitating. I don't know why I'm here. I just wanted to see you. I mean, you're leaving tomorrow. And what if I never... We never... Maybe I could spend the night just to hang out. And stay. If you stay, if we spend the night, I... I don't know that I could leave. Well, then don't. Yeah, and you'll go back to school in the fall, and I'll just, what, hang around here? Hiding like some ghost? Cops find me and I'll have to disappear again? I'm just going to move a little closer if you don't mind. We're from different worlds. That's not true. Not like you. Go. Please. Wow. <laughs> wow. What a scene. Incredible. What a powerful scene. So good. So well done by us. Um, and that's it for us except for some plugs. Brendan, what do you want to plug this week? Uh, not too much. If you're here, you already subscribe to some of this bullshit but if you want to subscribe subscribe to more um keep going after go for this it. episode how could you not how could you not we have plenty of shows we got this show we got the average joels our billy joel discography recap show we have our baseball our backyard baseball announcer show that we have we have bonus content from the hobby boys we have um another bonus type of monthly show from a character from that show there's a lot of nonsense happening uh, you could also subscribe to get free merch it's not free because you're paying for it but it'll make it cheaper um 
you can also just talk to us, message us, uh, interact with us, give us some ratings and reviews. Please, we we never ask for those, but we should get more of those. And we're so lonely. We're the lonely boys. We yeah. want people to talk to us. Please. Um, yeah, so I have not listened to Average Joel's yet, but it is in my feed, and I see it there, and I'm uh, very excited to uh, take a listen this weekend. It's there. I, I hope you like it. It's a different format of show that we're not used to doing, so I think the first episode kind of it came out all right, though. I was surprised. Well, you be covering the most recent Billy Joel album that he did in the 2000s where he's just doing covers of like classical pieces. We're going to cover everything he's ever put out. Wow, so, that's going to be a boring episode. Yeah, well, We're even going to do uh, Oliver and Company at some point. <laughs> Oh, okay. Good for you guys. Um, for me, again, obviously, Brendan, watch the Save by the Bell reboot. Once you do it, Peacock will realize they have messed up and will give it a season three. Um, again, I when is this episode coming out? Do we know? A uh, quick little calendar watch. This will be coming out the 15th Wednesday. Okay, so the day that Love, Victor season three premieres, which I just plugged in the Lonely Boys podcast. Um I guess since she's so prevalent in the show, Avril Lavigne. Just listen to Avril Lavigne, sure. the goddess of punk rock. Uh, she actually did re- recently release kind of a uh, 20th anniversary edition of her I first album, Go, So, uh, which is a fantastic album, obviously. Uh, so I will be listening to some of that in celebration. Um, besides that, you can follow me on Twitter at MattyFresh24. You can follow Brendan at Puppy. You can follow the Hobby Boys at the Hobby Boys Pod. And that's all I got for this week, Brendan. That is a good way to round it out. And I think an hour 45 or so is a pretty good number for just two silly guys. Absolutely. So we will be back, uh, I don't know, next week. Not, not next week, but next whenever this comes out. We will be back for the next episode, which is season one, episode three. This, wait, what did I just say? Season one, episode three, The Gamble. Uh, but until then, stay sandy. <laughs> is that I just what we say? Take it again. I want to say it with you. <laughs> But until then, stay sandy. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Literally just came up with that in the moment when I realized I still don't know how it works. <laughs> Good shit.